0: Come on guys really my ego was completely shattered <laughs> i was playing with razor blades earlier today really <laughs> yeah, they can come back and tell us what we did wrong even before we did it
1: do you want to call it racing he was out there during the race okay so
0: so you're learning from him then obviously by your excusatron that you've got wound up pretty tight
1: no 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 i,
0: I got exactly zero percent of the volts Welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Oh, you didn't push the intro button? You didn't want to do the the intro thing, Logan? I didn't. don't have many buttons over here because they got taken away. Oh, okay, so. I got, I've got. i got buttons. I can. I got my favorite button right now. It's like this.
2: Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I knew that was coming.
0: Welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday number 206. Uh, my name is Jimmy Lewis. This is uh, the show where we you answer your motorcycle and motorcycle product related questions. Logan is pushing the buttons tonight Jimmy Tyler is here to tell me that uh, most of the stuff I say is wrong <laughs> <All> right <laughs> and, I'm and I didn't happy to be here. I didn't get a chance to uh, get a good tequila before the show but I'll do that during the ad break I'm I, I want to watch the show kind of like live I like to look at it and I can I can watch lo-fi hip-hop radio uh, beats to relax and study to. A uh, spooky background jazz music in a cozy autumn cafe cafe for Halloween, or uh, I don't know what the other thing is, but um, we're not ranking on the on the live thing right now. It's a bunch of uh, there's some of those sports uh, things YouTube live or something. Yeah, I'll I'll have to go do YouTube, find so. my own my own channel or something like that. Here we go. Look at this. There, like, there, boom. Got it. Bingo. Okay, now I got to shut this off so I don't have to listen to myself. It's the hardest thing. There we go. Okay, so I have notes. You have notes with questions on it. Uh, of course, this amazing show would not be possible to help with some good sponsors. Of course, we have Yamaha. Uh, I put up the uh, WR450 Stage 2 modifications video just before we came on the show. So that's done. I'm going to do the WR250, um, the WR250F. Uh, test video will go up real soon. Of course, we get help from Takamoto. We are pushing the rooster endo uh, a little bit farther. I think uh, into the future, we're just we're stacking up the cash for the the winner of the next one. All right, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fat bonus check for the winner of the next one. Although I've I just haven't had time to collect the submissions and stuff, and I know people have submitted, but I'm gonna if you've submitted in the last three or four weeks. I don't know that that person is actually paying attention to their submissions. So if you're like listening to the old shows where it tells you how to submit, that's probably the wrong way to do it. So cuz I haven't seen any of them, but I'll tell you the new way when we get uh, stuff going. Of course, takamoto.co, they make they have, they don't make a whole lot, they have a lot of stuff. They they make tunes for ECU tuners. Yeah. So and all kinds of knickknacks. Of course, there's Scott Sports Climb. I got some Scott Sports stuff. It's in a product testing section. Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, Bulletproof Designs, Double Take Mirrors, and of course, uh, you can support us by clicking through our Support Us button on DirtBikeTest.com. So, uh, we'll see who's in the chat right now. I've owned three dirt bikes and the WR 250F is my favorite so far. It's a 10 for 10 Machine Says Flynn 825 So not biased At all right <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Yeah He's listening to the show Because we talk about Yamahas I, I've been to, I rode a KTM 500 A whole lot last week And then I got to ride My WR450 Just a little bit And uh, It's funny how that bike the, the the Well my 500 Was set up for like Long di- Like full Kind of semi-light adventure because I was doing rebel Rally
2: stuff. Yeah.
0: And then uh, get on the WR, and it's just like a full race bike in mm. comparison, which is pretty cool. Um, some news. Uh, Kurt Casilli Ride Day, uh, December 2nd at uh, Paula or Fox Raceway, if you are uh, into doing that kind of stuff. And see, look, now we got Beto Moto Gear. Beto Moto Gear wants to be in my live video. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, you have to... Send me an email. Beto, <laughs> yeah. Send, send me send me an email. Uh, Jason Gertie Gardner's on the. Uh, he's a g- guy I used to ride with. You know, uh, I got a picture of a place we used to ride to. <laughs> this uh, this uh, rock they call it Hercules Finger, but it looks like something else. I'll I show you a picture of it. Sweet hog. <laughs> yeah, maybe out in the middle of the desert. Uh, but thanks for joining in. If you're watching live, if you're live on, the Instagrams and you want to switch over we're on Facebook and YouTube not really on Facebook do YouTube just because it's yeah go to go to our YouTube channel we're we're live over there I'm on YouTube or Facebook it's working it works but it wasn't yeah. yeah maybe you know how everybody some people say that they're watching the show and they go hey I can't hear the sound oh and no. and then then you find out that their volume wasn't turned on and meanwhile we're over here like spinning knobs and clicking buttons and you know what I have to say to them? <laughs> uh, it's going to get old real quick, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So other stuff on the show tonight. Uh, we'll talk about testing the WR450. I, maybe I'll get call Trevor because he just released his modified 450F uh, videos. They're starting to come up. Get on the thing. We got some comments on those. Uh, I rode with that Countershock. So we had uh, Nate Looney, who's the – in, in a, I don't want to call him the inventor of a – he's the inventor of the Countershock, which is his product. But he's starting to work with inertial dampers. And we had him on the show last week, and he kind of explained what it was doing. I put it on my KTM 500 that I was riding on all those you know rocky roads and stuff on, and it does make a difference. And I told Trevor he should have one on his 24-hour bike. Uh-huh. Actually – you guys are building a 24-hour bike.
2: We are. Do you have, any, do you have your
0: room on your fork clamp? Of course. Oh, you should You should borrow this thing. We should peel it off my bike. Yeah. And you should borrow it. Is it, it's, I if you, what bike are you riding, by the way?
2: Uh, beta 390s.
0: Okay. Good. So, uh, Jimmy, and uh, who else? So I got,
2: well, on, on, we got like the gerial, geriatric team, me and brother and a bunch of guys just out to have fun. And then. Some Of them kids over there, they're doing another team. So, you have an over 50 team, over 40. Yeah, most team, of right? us are over 50. There's one of us, there's two 48 year olds, and the rest are over 50. Right. So, uh, we got a couple really good riders, and then you know, six, guys like me, six rider team or four rider? Uh, six, six, okay. Yeah, Pussies. yeah, I um, know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, the pro teams are, I think, when we we did it with a uh, dirt rider, and we did a. I I think, when we did a, a industry team, like, we were able yeah. to do industry, I think, we did six. But I was, usually when I raced it, um, it was four riders, and that's hard. That's, yeah, that's probably pretty hard. Like, you know, it's you're you're going to ride six hours yeah, in the course of 24. You you technically, if you split it up even, you're going to ride six hours. It's not the six hours of riding. It's trying to find some downtime in between. Because even though you should get, like, three hours off, essentially, if you're doing hour rotations or something like right. that, it's not enough to kind of, like, go to sleep. No. And... and Nobody really wants to do double duty, although it, we we had some interesting cycles that we did because some of us preferred. I liked riding at night, and I could do longer, way longer stints because it's usually pretty hot. used to be a little bit earlier in the summer. So right now we're talking about the Glen Helen 24-hour race, which yeah. is, uh, I wouldn't say the original 24-hour race, but it was one of them. It was right. one of the okay. ones that's been going on for a while, and uh, it's kind of a whole interesting thing. Oh, Trevor's calling in. Hold on a second. I'm probably getting all the information wrong.
2: Uh, Trevor.
0: Yeah, hold on. Hey, Tr- Trevor, you're gonna make me hang up on the Instagrams. Give me that little clip over here,
2: Trevor Hunter. Everybody.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna plug Trevor into the phone here. Uh, Trevor, you're live on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Can we even hear him? Is he you there? Hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Now I can. So all the people on the Instagrams which I'm gonna hang up on right now just watched. Uh, they probably got to watch my crotch as I installed this phone. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's the show right there.
0: Uh, actually, why did it get so dark? It's probably too much data going through it, or something like that. Okay, I'm hanging up on Instagram. You guys are gonna have to come to our live channels. See you. Uh, see you on the other side. And now, I don't even think that, that thing was worth saving. Okay, Trevor. So, uh, you obviously called. What did your dad tell you that we were talking bad about you?
1: <laughs> no, I just figured. I, I already knew. I figured I'd get it out of the way early. Oh,
0: get it out of the <laughs> way early. You know you're going to yep. have to beat the Logan Tyler's team <laughs>
1: um, at the 24-hour. Yeah, I, I may not show up now knowing that. A little <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So,
0: um, so is the Glen Hill 24-hour the longest-running
1: 24-hour or the original one? Do you know? Uh, it's not the original. Cause I know my dad used to race. You probably race it too. The 24 hours of La Fud. Oh, Fud.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about it. that. was a full on desert race. That was
1: horrible. Yeah. So that- it, was, it was like a hundred miles an hour for 24 hours. Basically.
0: I, I went down there and watched it once and at that time, I was kind of really wanting to go slower when I was racing. I was wanting to do enduros and different. I kind of wasn't an enduro guy; I just wasn't in the desert racing. And I thought Baja was stupid, and that made Baja look slow.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: so, so yeah, that, that I mean, the average speed there was like near seventy miles an hour. Oh my lord! Yeah, it was fast. So, uh, how many times have you won, Trevor?
1: Just the once. Just once. Just once. Uh, not not as many as you. I
0: think I've only won it once. Really? Maybe twice. I don't know. Dude, isn't oh, isn't isn't that oh, oh. Tro- isn't the trophy out in the middle of the um the, the isn't the big uh, like display out in the middle of Glen Helen Raceway, isn't that like doesn't it doesn't have everybody's name on it that's won?
1: Yeah, it has for the first maybe ten years or so. So I'll go take a look and uh we'll count out how, how many, many, many victories you have. report back. back. i do know i'm pretty sure ryan dudak is the winningest rider at that race with like eight wins or something really yeah
0: interesting i didn't know that i never
1: i never would have thought i mean i know he
0: was definitely capable but i didn't know he did it that many times
1: yeah i'm pretty i know he's won it eight times I asked him and uh i'm pretty sure at one point someone had said um like john here someone had said he is the winningest rider and I don't think anyone's surpassed that that I know. of. he was that, so. he was
0: probably on Ty Davis's teams. Yeah, when he got started, and then yep. when he moved over and started doing stuff with Honda, he probably got to be on their their A team because yep. he was always one of the faster yep. guys. Yeah, uh, cool. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you've been up to besides editing videos all day long?
1: <laughs> uh, I. Just flew back from, uh, Indiana where I raced the Ironman or I don't know if you'd call it racing, but I, I rode in the Ironman GNCC. Wow. <laughs> he's,
0: he's turning into a freaking journalist. Like, <laughs> like, like he, he, he knows how to just kind of just diffuse the bomb before I even get a chance to light it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Cause what, so, so in, in, so since you did race, you, you rode pro, right?
1: Uh, professional industry. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, do, do they have a pro industry class now?
1: They just have an industry class, which I think they they assume you get paid, which <laughs> would make it professional. But oh, I'm, I'm not sure how that works. Right, <laughs> I've sent you some
0: money before. You're
1: a professional rider, then. <laughs> I've got a I got a dollar or two once.
0: Yeah. So so in the professional industry class that you raced, how did you do?
1: I ended up third
0: in the class. Third. So. Yeah, and your your desert racing partner beat you.
1: Yeah, he ended up winning it.
0: Did he? Did he said. actually overall the line? I mean, did uh, he overall the morning race?
1: No, no, he was like twenty something overall, twenty second, twenty third overall, I think.
0: Who, who won then?
1: Uh, there's a couple sportsman classes that started ahead of us, and then a couple of the the uh, faster women pro racers. Beat, beat him and us or me and me
0: wow that's uh that that's man enough you know that's man to an- announce that you got beat by some chicks <laughs> back in the, in the in the woods uh i'm not yeah
1: it would be the first time because
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I i i really hate to bring up my racing past and history probably uh, not you know i mean i I'd probably that's why nobody knows this. when i used to ride the industry pro class, I guess it was. And people used to complain because the the industry or whatever the morning race was, there were like a lot of ex-racers that had jobs in the industry and stuff. And we we race, but we would usually overall it, I, not finish back in the twenties. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I
1: so, think like, like last year, um, Barry Hawk, who's a former GTC uh, champion. Yeah. Like
0: six or eight times or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. He... I think he got like fifteenth or twentieth overall. Um, I don't know. I think he was trying kind of hard. I'm sure he wasn't full race pace. Was he riding his quad? Cool. Yeah, he did. That. No, he was not on the quad. <laughs> he probably could have won that. Yeah, but it, I I I think
0: people are really slowing down when they start doing industry these days.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I, the last time I did industry, I got beat by um, uh, Scott Plessinger. And he's kind of fast. Yeah. And <laughs> and this other kid named uh it was a he was a foreign kid, uh uh Jan. Uh it was he was riding for uh, Randy Hawkins um at the time, working for Randy Hawkins and was a, also a you know a, you know ISDE guy super fast. And so I mean it was it was a battle. I, I got a I got the whole shot and then and then Jan passed me, I believe, but when, Plessinger never passed me. But that's how those woods guys—they—they they slither through the woods and you never even see them. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, good—you know, amazing times. I have a picture of that someplace. It was a muddy one too. So uh, awesome. Uh, what did
1: you ride? Uh, <clears throat> I rode a factory Husqvarna. Um, Craig DeLong, who actually won the championship, the XC1 Open Pro Championship this year, I rode his practice bike. So and, it was pretty close to full, sp- full spec race bike.
0: And, and that didn't allow you to win. Like you just, you, you're riding quite possibly the championship bike. And so, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, cause everybody wants to, they think if they have, cause it probably had, you know, pretty good suspension. We'll call it factory suspension on it. Yep. Yep. It had the factory suspension and that's what everybody <laughs> complains about. If they don't have factory suspension, they can't go fast. So.
1: Yeah, but the two guys that beat me also had factory suspension. So, oh, it's equal on that, on that end.
0: Okay. So, so, uh, Hayden Hines had what was he riding?
1: Uh, he was riding Ben Kelly's 350, one of Ben Kelly's race bikes. He's a factory KTN guy. And, and who was the other guy that beat you? Uh, Jason Lawrence, mm. former supercross racer. Right. Yeah. And so oh. he, he's, uh, he's
0: making, uh, making waves at the GNCC's now
1: apparently yeah and what was he riding uh one of the phoenix honda bikes like the kind of the factory honda effort out there and what what is that a 450 um that i don't know actually i believe so i think
0: it was i think he's riding a 450 yeah he was riding
1: a 450 for sure
0: huh did you party with him I did not get the party with him.
1: I'm not sure I can keep up with him. I know I could not keep up with him. I I have I have no idea. Party.
0: I have no idea what that guy what that guy does these days. <laughs> He's a wild one. Okay, well that's so did your dad race?
1: If you want to call it racing, he was out there during the race.
0: Okay, so so you're learning from him then, obviously by your excusatron that you've got wound up pretty tight.
1: No, no, no. I I have no excuses. I have reasons, no excuses. Well, you
0: just claimed that he he wasn't racing either, and you came on saying you weren't racing.
1: <laughs> I well, the problem is if I had won the race, and then that put a lot of pressure on Craig to win the race later in the day. Oh wait, so I was he, kind of trying to do wait, him a favor.
0: Wait, Craig rode in the afternoon. Yeah, for three hours.
1: Yep. Oh no, no, not my dad. I'm talking Craig DeLong.
0: Oh, Craig DeLong. Oh, got it. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. No, I was yeah. wondering about your dad, Craig Hunter.
1: Oh no he barely survived the two hours okay
0: yeah as as expected yeah did you, did you talk to him about his training program?
1: uh well if you ask him he already trains more than enough so <laughs> there's nothing I can do to help uh, is he is he doing the 24 hour? nope he's retired he says oh after last weekend uh, he's he's been retired from this race for a couple oh, from, years the, from the 24 hour. The last time he raced it, he didn't get on the bike for his last time. He made Brent get back on the bike. <laughs> you taking notes here, Jimmy? <laughs>
0: I not Have do you that. done the
2: 24 before? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even done nothing. Okay, good. That's a perfect training. <laughs>
0: got a training program is you go and get lost out behind your house. Yeah. Or a tip over in the bike lands on top of you.
2: All, all I've done to get ready for this is I've hired a masseuse. Oh, okay. And a stretcher. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's that i've been golfing (laughs) golfing i know a
0: lot of a lot of really good pro motocrossers golf so evidently that works
2: yeah uh
0: logan your training program is good at
2: something uh
0: ride once a week ride once a week yeah these guys are on top of it (laughs) (laughs) so uh 450 the the uh the videos for the Modified shootout are up or coming slowly.
1: Yep, we're uploading the uh, all the individual rider opinions right now, so people can kind of identify with someone and see how they relate to each each bike and how they rank them. Um, just a little little, uh, yeah. It just makes it easier for someone to kind of see what bike they really think they like, just based on the rider opinions, not the overall opinion.
0: Right, and so the way I always would like to you know, preface that is, is when, you know, if you're a taller guy, you're going to want to listen to Brent's opinions. You know, if you're really picky about suspension, then what Scott Todd, Todd. Yep. I am great with names. You know, this
1: (laughs) Uh. Scott Hoffman is can be picky with suspension too, though.
0: Yeah. He's all over the place. Did he, did Scott get to ride those bikes? Did he come out?
1: Uh, he did not. No, but He's Shouldn't. coming out for the KX four hundred and fifty intro soon.
0: Okay, I had I had a question for you here that yep. uh, that somebody asked on the uh, on the qu- on the things. Oh, where was that one? Yeah, I can't remember. It was somebody that saw one of those videos and then uh, had a question. This is a – no. Let's see, no next right now. Oh yeah, they said they 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 commented uh, Richard. Do, Diva Otenen. you know who that is? I do not. No, oh, I thought he was making a slam on you because he said your next ride is a wheelchair, which is a mean is a mean spirited thing to say. I he did know. put a
2: happy face emoji, but
0: is that a happy face or a crying face? He's a know. dick still. Yeah, <laughs> I looked at his YouTube channel and he he didn't have anything there, so.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> Let's see, testing. Okay, here's what here's the one I wanted to say. So some tech guy 666 uh means he's um evil, right? Yep. <laughs> the devil. Yeah, Bobby. So uh he says the best dirt bike channel around. He says testing after modding is the only way to test that really counts. What do you mm. how do you feel about that?
1: Um, that's very accurate because obviously every single bike always has to have modifications, right, Jimmy? There's don't. no perfect bikes.
0: Um, yes, correct. <laughs> but how do you modify a bike for everybody?
1: Uh, you don't, yeah. Well, you have to I modify mean, it for yourself every once then... in a while.
0: Every once in a while, people will comp- everybody will complain about something like, yep, tires, a hard seat, horrible bar bend, where some manufacturer just Really messes stuff up very rare these days, but this kind of stuff does happen. and then that's when you modify it for everybody. then actually what I would do is I would go test if there, let's say it was a hard seat, I would try to get a few different seats, put the different seats on them, and then describe how much better or what they did, what the different takes on it were because yeah, I think the only way you can test bikes is stock the way that they're the way, way that they're delivered because that's the only consistency in it yeah so when you know and i mean i kind of you know I, I get where you're going with the with the modified stuff you you kind of like you yep. kind of like doing it and then because you're going to go race them anyways you're just building race bikes for yourself in a sense yeah <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so you got to modify them so you got to and when i take a when i take on a project bike as opposed to doing them like a modified shootout I, I do the same thing i just put my crap on it for lack of a better word And so I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, you know what I'll do. What what do I do? Come on, Jimmy, guess. (laughs) Start start from the top and work your way back.
2: Oh, we're going to put Flex Bars on there for sure. Right, got it. Yeah,
0: Flex Bars, a sponsor of the show as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. often put uh, Recluse in there. Not a sponsor
0: of the show, but- uh, Often
2: happens. Happens,
0: yep. That's in a lot of my
2: bikes. Usually put a gigantic ass gas tank on there.
0: This is also, yes, yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, IMS gas tanks lately. Been putting well, a lot of those on or, bikes.
2: Yeah. Uh, Ken does for sure. Most of the time. Most of the time. I Actu- actually, actually haven't
0: had to do that on the WR yet, but oh, okay. they they usually end up there. Not a sponsor of the show. Uh, uh come on you're missing the the, the golden gold, what am i missing i know
2: i feel like i'm totally missing something here steering stabilizers oh no, yeah scott's Yeah, all right. and it's mostly scott's out not, there not. there's every every flavor out there but they're usually scott's
0: yeah trevor likes a different kind but i like the best <laughs> ones right trevor uh yeah really you didn't say no comment
1: <laughs> i mean
2: you you like a different one yeah did you? Did you? Put you ste- like a different eye like that? You it- <laughs> <didn't> answer, Trevor. <laughs>
0: did you put steering stabilizer on your on any of those bikes?
1: Every bike except for the Yamaha, because Yamaha didn't need it.
0: Every bike can use one. It doesn't hurt anything. I, ha- really? I have a, I have a Scots one on mine. <laughs> so and, you're, and so you're, you ra- racing? you're you're racing the 24 hour without a steering damper.
2: Yep. No. Oh, wow. Me too. I guess. That's how good this I Yamaha didn't think is. Think about always. that. Oh, you forgot about it.
0: Hey, did that beta that you guys raced a few years ago have a steering
1: damper on it? Trevor? Ooh. Um
0: And would that mount be in the box?
1: The uh I'm trying to think. So that we've ridden three betas over the years. Yeah. The, and the two stroke actually we've written four four betas. Wow. No, three betas. The the two strokes always have had to say wiser. But the I think the four thirty. RRS is like their dual sport bike. Yep. It was literally stock except for tires. And they put stiffer springs in just because they were the heavier riders. Yeah. I think, that, I, didn't I, they, didn't they ride it to the race too? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was <laughs> really did awesome. that. Yeah,
1: They rode to the race. That's yeah. funny. So I don't, I'm pretty sure I have to go back and look. I'm pretty sure there was no steering side laser on that bike either. Hmm.
0: Yeah. As I know, I have a box up there of beta parts from hmm. Trevor just dropped a box off he says this is all this leftover stuff and when you race a bike in the 24 hour there's a lot of shrapnel mm-hmm. that falls off so I know I, I have two I have a large tank for the two-stroke and uh, there's a set of wheels it looks like somebody took a sledgehammer to them.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah good 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 times well okay that was uh that was it for the question actually somebody somebody asked about uh the Xt 225 yep. 230 Xt 230 230 Two fifty. Oh, that thing made it. Yeah. Bigger. He says, "Is it a great bike for?" Uh, no, no, that's the other one. He says, "Would someone six feet tall and one hundred and eighty pounds be uncomfortable on this bike?" I have a Yamaha Grizzly and really like to stay with Yamaha, but not if it doesn't fit. Never ridden a motorcycle before, so intrigued by the off-road and on-road ability. So, I, I'm I'm just gonna say going in the Yamaha brand and wanting on-road and off-road, you're kind of limited because I think it kind of yep. s- it stops at the XT230 and jumps to the Tenere because mm. they don't make uh,
1: a- I think – don't they make a WR250R?
0: I don't know if they still – I don't know if they're still making that bike anymore. Too,
1: yeah, I can't – I don't know.
0: Yeah, so so it's a big jump <laughs> with Yamaha, but obviously there's a lot of – I, I, and I responded back to him and I said at that size and weight, if you're just learning to ride a motorcycle, it's going to be a great first initial, like just, it's going to be easy to ride. You're going to be able to ride. It'll be fine, but you're going to outgrow that thing so quick. Yeah. So I would, I kind of said maybe someplace, uh, go someplace else. But then on the, on the other side, on the KTM 150. The question is, great for a beginner at 6 feet, 225 pounds?
2: That's Ugh. me, exactly. <laughs> no, it doesn't have enough <laughs> power for that. I'm fat. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I kind of it, it, – and these are the kind of questions a lot of times you get. Like, guys are just kind of confused about the
2: – Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. It's a great question.
0: Well, the good thing is there's so many different bikes and that kind of thing. But when you're that big – I just think that whatever they're riding, they're just they want to put both their feet on the ground, and they want to feel like they can really put their feet down. And I always ask people, it's like, do you want to ride with your feet down? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> and then and then when you when you weigh that much and you're asking a little engine to do it, I mean, you can ride a bigger bike that doesn't weigh that much more. You know what what is it, probably fifteen pounds
1: to go to a three fifty or five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Even just a 250 two-stroke or a 300.
0: Yeah, bikes are physically the same size, like you know the, yeah. the handlebar seat relationship. They don't squish down as much, but the minute that squish down that makes you feel comfortable, because I can put my feet on the ground, is going to make the bike work horribly.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's kind of a strange thing where you know I, I kind of applaud them for wanting to get more of a quote beginner bike. But as soon as you learn to ride, you're going to want to upgrade, and I always, I always say, don't buy too much motorcycle because that can be, that can be a little bit of a problem. Hard, but also, they're hard to catch
2: up with. Yeah,
0: yeah you, 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 well, you got your bike, and now I'm going to modify it. I'm going to start modify it, and you're just modifying a pig. It's just something you're not going to be able to get what you want out of it. But then again, you know, don't if you're going to get something that's like small and beginner, get it, use it, and sell it, and then buy. So don't don't modify. That's mm-hmm. it's my thing. Just leave those yeah. things alone, and or just find an older used. You know, the used market is full of stuff that's probably pretty pretty good. And then uh, on that KTM 150, how is that compared to the KTM 150 from 2019 with a carb?
1: Uh, I've never ridden one, so
0: I can't say. Uh, I I've ridden one a little bit earlier than that uh and i haven't i haven't ridden the new i haven't ridden the new KTM 150. I know there's been some changes. I rode the original fuel injected one and it just i thought it just extended the power band you know 500 800 rpm's lower where it picks up and then and then seemed like it let it rev a little bit longer but didn't make as as much maybe as much power is the only thing i would say.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh in so if you have a carbureted one, I think that's what he's asking. Most people feel like the carbureted one makes more power than the fuel injected one, because when that, when the power does come on at that much higher RPM, it feels stronger, but the the other one doesn't make the power down there. So the transition is smoother. Mm
2: -hmm. So, and that's
0: a, that's a fuel injected uh, conundrum across the board. This is why people say my carb bike had more power. It's because it, didn't race. then it hits. Yeah. Yes, and, and where the other one actually, it has a smooth transition to that hit, and then the whole time you're thinking, and carbs make power on top, top for sure. So okay, that's that's all the questions I think that
1: involved your uh,
2: quick question, week. Trevor. Have you ever tracked your miles on the twenty four hour? Like how many miles it is? Um, we've
1: done, yeah, I think we have. Uh, I want to say. Usually around like six hundred fifty.
2: Okay, I was going to say that was right that. exactly where I was guessing. Yeah, six hundred fifty yeah. is what I remember when we okay. did. Okay, I was yeah. Quick math, yeah. I was doing six hundred. So okay. Can your bike make it? <laughs> no problem. Well, I don't got to do that many. I'm not as fast as him. You got <laughs> to think, right. think like me, man. Okay, so, so you're
0: thinking about five
2: fifty. Probably do around five hundred. Yeah. yeah, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> okay
0: um any any sage advice for uh for the the tylers here they're (laughs) heading up their 24-hour teams
2: Um, should should we have tried the four or the 12 or anything first (laughs) or not a week ago decided to do this
1: (laughs) just go just go big
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) i can promise you i know Uh, how to have fun at a racetrack after that uh, that's i don't know but (laughs) what what are we doing for life i guess I just got a squadron pro on there. Okay. I'm going to put on there. I was going to put on tonight, but you're I came it. here.
0: You're, oh, see, so you're getting good advice.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll
0: <laughs> nah, we'll get on there. There's
2: all yeah, day during yeah, the uh, race to put it on there. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> on, the,
1: on the website, we have, uh, on the website, I, we had like a beginner or first-timer team ride last year. Right. Ooh. And everyone kind of wrote about how their experience was and kind of some tips or what they would have wish wish they would have known going into I'm looking to be over there searching for that right now and putting that
0: link in the in the chat Mm
2: -hmm.
1: yeah
0: but he's and I'll move that he's over there on his what do you got going there an OnlyFans account or what's your what's your deal Mm. Uh, I'm clipping
4: other Jimmy whoops other Jimmy
0: oh so yeah I dropped his mic down a little bit there we go you you're sending that information over the, over the internet. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on, Trevor. Tell your, yeah. tell your dad that I'm really disappointed that he's, he's uh, teaching you how to not show up as a racer. <laughs> 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 uh, I expect, I expect, I expect more to, are there any, are there any, uh, are there a lot of good teams at the 24 hour? Uh, I know there will be at least
1: one other team. that will be a pretty tough to beat so um other than that i'm not too sure
0: because it don't it, every once in a while do, doesn't just some group show up out of nowhere i mean pro circuit used to bring a bunch of pro motocross guys out and and do stuff but is there anything like that anymore
1: uh and at the 10 hour ktm had all their factory guys riding just a stock xe their roadie testing uh-huh but i know the factory guys will be an ISE, so they won't be there but I'm pretty sure the R&D team in some capacity has plans to race it. so yeah, I'm that, not sure exactly who the rider that would be. that would be a great event to if you know yeah, if I understand. were
0: doing R&D and especially if it was stuff that you can't you know you're not testing like a real prototype but you could have parts and things like that that's a great event to just go beat the crap out of something yeah
1: <laughs> so, yeah
0: Okay. Well, with that, have a have a good time. Uh, we'll look forward to your uh, 24-hour tips afterwards. Yeah,
1: hopefully, uh, hopefully it goes good. Who, who's who's on the who, 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 yeah, is on, who is on the dirt bike test team? Uh, myself, Clay Henselfeld, and we're currently looking for a fourth rider. So, if you want to race, Jimmy, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're looking. For a fourth rider, plenty of time. Who was, yeah. your, who was your second yeah. rider? Who, who who flaked out?
1: Uh, kind of know, backed out. Who today. did? Chance Fullerton.
2: Oh, okay. Fullerton.
1: He was on at the last time we rate Last time we won, he was right. on the team.
2: Chance Fullerton did. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what
0: what about Heinz? What's he? What's his thing? Too slow?
1: No, he's uh, he's not a night rider.
0: Not a night rider. Got it.
1: Huh? Yeah, he, he has, like, vertigo or something at night, so he can't really and,
0: ride at night. And since, you're, since your guy flaked out at last minute, you weren't able to go around at the GNCC because there's lots of
1: dudes back there. For a plane ticket. So, if TBT has a the budget, and maybe we can get something going. Um, your credit card works as good as
0: mine. <laughs> <laughs> call Call Randy Hawkins. Give Randy Hawkins a call
1: uh oh, i if I knew him that good I would He's super cool he'd
0: probably he'd probably have he'd probably have some young kid that he knows that would just be a ripper. You'd probably put him on a plane and send him out here just to just to <laughs> have him learn something so yeah well right so, on uh oh you know I heard I heard if you're at racing effort suffering you can go on what's that pay me um uh fans Fun, no fund me, go go me. Go fund, go go, fund me go go fund me and beg. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you can even get enough money to get a business class ticket <laughs> when everybody else flies coach okay trevor i'm gonna let you go before i get myself in trouble <laughs> all right sounds good see you trevor. Okay, good good on, buddy. See ya. bye okay that was trevor hunter he's the uh he's the other three quarters of uh dirt bike test mm-hmm I don't really do much anymore. <laughs> I just do this podcast and make a video every once in a while. Uh, in studio here, we've got uh, Logan reading up on the twenty-four hour tips right now. Kinda. This will be your first one.
4: Yeah, my first
0: um, twenty-four hour. Yeah, and TJ's over there next to you. He can only hear half of the discussion. Yeah, it's yeah, going. A lot. You, you know, there's there's like a extra headphones here. Yeah. Uh, have you done twenty-four hour? Nope. Are you on his team? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. You're the main rider. Yeah. He's the endurance guy of our endurance game. guy. Got it. You, you better have him read those tips too. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so we're gonna start hitting our questions here. All right. Uh, what else? Oh, I know. What I was gonna. Do. Do, Bro, uh, list. You got, the, the oh, you got some keys. chat ones. Yeah, bring them in. Uh, answer the chat ones or oh. ask the chat ones. Uh, Jimmy will answer them. Yeah. Should Yamaha bring back the W... There's a 90% chance Jimmy will answer them.
2: There is, yeah.
4: <laughs> Asher asks, should Yamaha bring back the WR250 to compete with the KTM 300 XCW, or does the YZ250X fill that position enough?
2: Yeah, that's not a... Is this not a comparison? I don't... The, the this, 300 stands alone, in my opinion. Well, it's a three you said 300 or 350
0: 300 it's, it's 300 all two, two strokes. strokes oh oh oh, 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 oh we're strokes. talking about
2: two strokes the 250 yeah, I'm guessing uh, they had a WR 250 two stroke well, they, a long time ago
0: yeah so know. YZ 250 X is is yeah they're yes. not going they're not going to make a WR i mean there's that's a that's a long gone thing i mean like the WR was the was the enduro bike you know it was mm-hmm. like it was like the it came with a headlight I'm pretty, yeah, did it, it did come with. it. Did it ever come with the headlight? The two-stroke. I know we used to put them on. No, it. it I think it did. No, no. it. Ha- yeah. No, it did. It actually came with the headlight because I remember we used to always put them on. It had the ignition stuff inside of it. I didn't know that it actually. I can't remember that it actually had the, the stuff. But no, there's there's no chance. And and really between two fifty and three hundred, there's, it's kind of torque versus, you know rpm i don't i wouldn't say that the 300 i mean you can make a 300 like way faster than a 250 it's just you you can but then they start working more like a 250 and they're not what they're supposed to be that kind of rideable and they get a little kind of they turn into an open class bike there's a reason why as much as everybody would like to believe that 500s are gone they were hard to ride they were really fast in a very short power band and uh then they start they vibrate when you got a piston that big God, flopping up or, all the stuff. But the 300 just starts moving into that territory where the 250 is a very ideal size two stroke motor. In fact, I think that in re, in reality, like a a tamed down 300, which what a lot of the fuel injected ones sort of are. I mean, just by nature, that's ideal. But if you start letting them get aggressive, yeah. I, I rode I rode a, a KTM 300 SX that had the that had the adjustable you know the electronic power valve on it and they said ride this <laughs> cuz we were complaining ah you know the map should be a little bit different make one a little more aggressive they go well ride this and i rode that mm-hmm. and i'm like holy shit it, like that's what that's what this thing'll do i'm like yeah put that map in this bike just cuz in america <laughs> 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 we want this i mean it's t- completely not usable it was it was it was over it was a little bit over the top and they were like no we, we can't we can't do that i'm like oh you should you <laughs> should that should be mapped
2: too that should just yeah make it that <laughs>
0: so, that's what uh, i
3: think they should do with but maps. super hard
2: yeah super hard to ride uh
0: very horrible. really bad lap times but really fun even on a motocross track it was yeah it was at Quia, and it just you you couldn't you couldn't go around a turn properly because, you know, it just, it snap and it would take it out of the line. Snap. I mean, if you finally got it straightened up and there was really good traction, like it was loamy, it was awesome. If like right
2: with a 450?
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Easy with a 450. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, and very sudden, but it was unrideable. Yeah. So, huh. okay, next, next question. So, yeah, um, they're all good. Finn
4: asks, you mentioned that changing the muffler on the... WR450 makes a big difference if you're just a casual trail rider is stock good enough you don't have
0: you ever have you don't ever have to repack it and it's quiet so you really don't have to repack four stroke mufflers that much in general uh someone was asking me the other day they said hey i'm gonna repack my muffler i'm how many hours on he's like oh like 50 and i'm like don't touch it uh unless you're running like a like a a known loud muffler and you're really stuffing it with a, some sort of sound, per, per, sound reduction type of end cap that just traps the heat. Then you sh- probably shouldn't have to repack a four stroke muffler unless it's a big open. Actually, it's not really the opening that matters. It's the perf core and most of the perf cores. Cause they found that, you know, having a big open perf core is also a, uh, isn't as good for flow where the smaller perf core, which actually Mm -hmm. preserves the life of the packing. That's why the mufflers are getting a little bit longer, but no, uh, it does on the WR or or any bike, uh, that's like a EPA compliant bike, something that passes, what is 82 decibels? I think is the, is the EPA off-road sound test. It's very, very quiet. 82, 86. Chris real could probably tell us exactly what that, what that is. Those mufflers mufflers have mechanical dampers. They're very heavy. So it doesn't really use the packing to do the the sound thing. The FMF uses – the Q uses a mechanical damper in the spark arrestor and also in the tip. And that's why I I think it makes the bike really rideable. It does on that bike – the Yamaha WR stock muffler on the 250 and the 450 are – I would, I would say stock stock with that pea shooter in are ridiculously restrictive. When you remove that thing, they're, I would say, quite restrictive. And so just going to a muffler really does change it. And it changes it so much if you just leave the standard map in there and you put the muffler on it, I have to tame the power back down because it's not a, quote, off-road power band. It kind of goes into a motocrossy kind of racy, and especially with the ECU. Um, The ECU is just like an FX And the FX is aggressive Uh, So Yeah it makes a big difference Uh, But like this weekend I'm going to ride the WR When I teach class I'm putting the stock muffler Back onto it Because for that It's quiet It's tame It's easier to ride It's -hmm. it's all good I'm not doing sand hill climbs Or sand tracks Or anything like that So Yeah You uh, are? I am?
4: I've been to very few classes where you haven't done what
0: you said there.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say, you two well, sand hill stuff. climbs. Sand hill climbs. There's, there's no hills like, here.
0: Little sand, sand tracks. You could coast up those sand hills. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. They're not like hill climbs. Did you watch the? Did you watch the video of me riding in the dunes, Logan? I did not. Oh god. Can never get the kids to pay attention. Huh. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> These
0: guys. Really? <laughs> okay. Next question.
4: Facebook users asked, are you familiar with anyone on the East Coast worth mentioning that does basic classes for enduro
0: beginners? Um, n- not off the top of my head, like for beginners, but I know there's uh, Rich Lafferty, who's Mike Lafferty's brother. I know he has some schools back there, and he-, he does focus kind of a little bit on racing, but I have seen him do kind of entry-level classes before. I've seen it kind of pop up on some of his feeds. I don't know if he's teaching uh, currently. But uh, the best thing to do is to go to um, uh, motorcyclecoaching.org and search there because they have a website that it's by region and stuff. And so you can type in and they'll put a list of uh, the instructors are all kind of certified in a certain way. It doesn't mean they're a good coach. It means they're a safe coach. <laughs> That's the only thing.
3: Yeah,
0: they just you know they make sure that you they they know um, you know you have some medical training, a little bit of medical emergency training, and you don't have a felony record. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, speaking of that, I need to work on my I get my recertification going here. Really? Yeah, yeah. it's time to time it to, expires, huh? It expires every every two years. I have to re up all my all yeah. my certs and stuff like that. So, okay, next one.
4: Um.
0: What about the 24-muffalo looks smaller? Maybe they no longer have to comply with EPA on the Yamaha WR. That is incorrect. Um, they, uh, I think they've just found out how to package everything a little bit tighter on those. But it, it might be a little bit smaller, but not a lot. Uh. Yeah, you should be having these like, all ready to go. Because the best thing, the best thing in a podcast, Logan, is silence. Like when I'm when I'm watching it, it just goes down to nothing. That usually means people are clicking off. See, I'm d- just going to d- read it d- all. D- 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 so,
4: okay. <laughs> Lauren Baxter says slash asks, "I have bought a used CRF 450L as a light ATV bike to build my skills off road. Normally, I ride a T7. Been riding hard two track." slower, rutted and rocky terrain, maybe better suited
0: for 300 TPI. Would a steely flywheel weight be good for the bike is a Vortex ECU and a Yoshi exhaust. So he's talking about the Honda there. Um and you know he he split his question, that was one and that's why it said one of one and two of two. Yeah. Uh-huh. And He split it in half there. I know it was, This guy's a sharpie. Yeah.
2: Or gal. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know.
0: Know. Um, okay, so once you start modifying with all these different things, Vortex ECU, Yoshi exhaust, can I do that, can I do that, What? Blah, 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 blah. like at that point you've left the building as far as me being able to comment on it because inside that Vortex ECU you could have Billy Bob's super mega horsepower map and you could have a Taco Mike map and you could have a, a this and a that and we don't know. And so and that will counteract any positive or negative of a flywheel depending on how it how it all works same thing with exhaust like which tip is inside of it there's so many factors and that's why people have asked me it's like hey can you can you you know help tune this ECU? or you know can we build a tune of the ecu and i go yeah but you're only going to be able to sell it with exactly you know everything from the air filter to the tip of the exhaust has to be exactly the same for that ECU to work, the way I would ever sign off on it, it if you change the air filter, it can have an effect that's going to go all the way through the thing. So you're you're kind of you're kind of down this thing. I, I don't I don't think on that Honda that a flywheel weight is a bad thing in general. Just we talk about that bike kind of globally, but I found that doing something to the clutch, and we have some stories up on our 450X and 450L on dirt bike tests, where we talk about some of the clutch testing that we did. I'm of the opinion that doing something to the clutch will have more effect than the flywheel, regardless of anything else you've done to 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 the bike. So hopefully that uh gives you some stuff. And Aaron Jones uh pipes in with uh, Ryan Young, six times national champion, has a trials and drill class at the Trials Training Center, along with other locations in the East Coast. And I will tell you that Ryan Young is a good teacher. He actually came and took my class. Did he? Yeah, he came out here, and, and he just took it to come and learn teaching s- some of the stuff, you know, just or, different yeah. ways we are teaching. And what a cool, you know, super cool guy. I've, I've bumped into him a little bit back when I was a journalist, when he was doing the, the trial stuff, when he was national trials champion. And uh and he was he was actually kind of curious because it didn't make sense to him that there was adventure bike riding techniques,
2: <laughs>
0: and and he knew we were getting a lot of adventure bike guys, so he kind of wanted to see what those adventure bike riding techniques. And he comes to my school and he goes, "You're teaching a lot of trials techniques." And I go, <laughs>
2: yeah. Guess what? Guess what? Because <laughs>
0: they work. <laughs> yeah. Because right. that's that's what it is. So uh, yeah, Aaron, uh, thanks a lot for uh, reminding me of that. I I should have known, but I'm only using two brain cells these days. Um. And he's just looking for rideability, a good choice, is uh, Gregory. But, but he
2: does say, would a oh. 300 TPI be a good light adventure bike? I say no to that. It's an adventure no,
0: bike. No, a, th- a two-stroke, never adventure bike. Never adventure, never bike. adventure bike.
2: I mean, there's a The 450DL is a better light adventure bike. Two-stroke, as he says, it gets rough for him, which may be better for that. But Right. A, a two-stroke is a trail bike.
0: You're going riding on single track trails and the gnarlier, the better, the better that bike shines. You know, once you start getting on like fire roads and stuff, then, okay, now we open the door into four strokes and yeah, maybe you could ride your Tenere on the fire roads, but if they get nasty, maybe the Tenere is a little difficult in the, in the four, you know, the, 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 you know, the Honda would be able to kind of span those gaps. But, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. For light adventure, I'd say the Honda.
0: And we're having problems with spell check. Evidently, <laughs> you should try talking. It's even worse. Me? No, me. Oh. Oh uh, yeah, me. Like talking, I can shut barely even pronounce, <laughs> yeah. pronounce that. Pronounce that Pronounce Oh yeah, yo, you're, you're trying to hold it back. Yeah. You got to answer these questions. Let it rip. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, what did what?
2: What was he looking for on the one up or two? Up. What does B. Falco seventy one want? Uh, he wants to know if. Uh, you need a, a Cush thought. All the Aussies on YouTube seem to say that you need a Cush hub on a 500 EXC for dual sport. Do I have thoughts? Well, the good thing is the Aussies are the ones that have just been
0: annihilating us in the in the comments. Love it. Because they're in the future. God bless them, fellas. They're in the future. They listen to this program in the future because they're a day ahead. And somehow, <laughs> they can come back and tell us what we <laughs> did wrong even before we did it. So- we actually had a couple of them call in different on when we when we had our our. Uh,
2: What's well, a Cush chat. Hub really? Is it save transmissions or something like that? So yeah, a Cush Hub. It does exactly what the Cush drive. You know, you don't want but like downshifting into a, like on when you got traction. You know, asphalt type traction.
0: Every every pulse of the piston, every time that piston you know fires Yikes. bang and it starts pushing down, that's a a, a shock. You know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a very sudden when that when it hits that when the flame front hits the piston it's bang it's a jackhammer sure. and it, it goes through the rod it goes through Better the gears and at some point you kind of want to dampen it out of course the rubber the of a tire is- or the yeah. slip of traction uh, for some people was enough and in the old days there there was no such thing as cush but as bikes got more powerful and they started you know they would wear the faces of gears on on-road bikes they started putting them in the clutch so generally the clutch has a damping system yeah aside from the clutch actually slipping itself, like most modern clutches are designed to slip ever so slightly. Yeah. Um, but they, they have dampers like, uh, you know, the Hondas and Yamahas and stuff, they all have springs in the back of the clutch basket. Mm-hmm. And the, like the KTMs have that rubber damper system inside of the, yeah. the, the you know, it's a, it's a wear item. But on some of the dual sport bikes that were drived off of, especially these four-stroke singles, they were putting Cush drive hubs and like the Dakar bikes would have Cush drive hubs. And it's just like one extra added kind of cushion. And you, you, do do you need it? No. I mean, if you're going to be riding on super high traction or pounding hoops, you might need it. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't think that, I don't think it's necessary. I ride mine all the time. I have some Cush drive hubs.
2: Yeah. On your 500s?
0: On the 500s, but I don't put them on. I, I mean, it's just another wheel to me. And yeah. and I like I did a lot of kind of dirt road riding, not really pavement riding, but a lot of dirt road riding this weekend. I didn't go looking for a cush drive hub; I just put
2: the wheel on. <laughs> so
0: I don't think it's as, it's just like anything; it's something to complain about.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I know the trainees last a pretty long time without them, right? Right. Yeah, it's a the, really they, long time. They
0: they wouldn't be selling them without cush drives if they thought there was a problem cuz they don't want to have tr- transmissions grenading and stuff yeah, like yeah. that.
2: there you go. That's a good way to say that.
0: Uh any other ones on the chat that we need to get into?
2: Um Gregory
4: um asks looks at looking at a 24 beta 390 R RNAs coming off a 17 FE husky. Then says just looking for rideability good choice i know someone that can answer that question oh 390 rrs
2: <laughs> rrs or r r yeah okay space i got a R E. re uh, yeah same, same bike thing. yeah
0: different
2: i love that bike i absolutely I, love that
0: bike i noticed
2: yeah i absolutely love that bike
0: and i don't i it's funny cuz all you do was complain about your ktm two stroke
2: which ones i've had ten of them <laughs> <laughs> well
0: it was kind of collective.
2: Yeah, it yeah. seemed like it progressively got worse though. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. And
0: and I thought the bikes were getting better, and you seem like they for you yeah, they seemed they like they were definitely going just the wrong kept direction,
2: going away from where I liked.
0: And so we went riding last last week. Yeah, two weeks ago or whatever it was. And I, you look like a whole different rider on that bike. I do. Do you notice this, Logan? He don't ride with me no more. But oh, you won't ride with him.
3: I, I
2: think he's don't. afraid I'd be. Well, you him.
0: don't want to run him over?
2: I think he's afraid I'll <laughs> beat him now
0: since I got my 390. Yeah, I think three 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 he's nine, afraid yeah. I'll leave him. Yeah. I so do. He, he, he rides it way better. He just looks – The he, bike is quick. He looks like he fits on it. You just – Yeah. Like where yeah. The, the, the KTM, it looked like you're kind of like hunched up in a ball uh-huh. or like kind of crooked. Uh,
2: yeah, it does fit me better. Yeah.
0: And I don't know if it's like, you know,
2: like uh, the motor – The motor characteristics are fantastic. I mean, yeah. it would be for a four-stroke hard to ask for much more in my opinion. You've said before four hundreds are a nice number and it's basically right there.
0: Yeah. And and I think I think although KTM is really up the game with their three fifty and the torque and the bottom end torque, yeah. I've always thought the four hundred was just a better engine size and, the, and then when I rode the KTM or the beta three ninety a while back, I was like really impressed. And uh so yeah, I I, I it, it's it's kind of one of those things if you can get a demo ride on it, that's the best thing. Or you have a buddy. Mm-hmm. You have a buddy that can ride one? What was that? Notification. What, the computer's going to blow up? <laughs> no. My show's going to end abruptly?
2: <laughs> and that's what the 350s. And I haven't ridden one for like, I think uh, 18 was the last 350 I rode. And it did not have a bottom end like the 390. Yeah. It just didn't do like the, when it comes to the really hard technical stuff, it would stall easy. Right. Like that it's,
0: it's steely flywheel. Although a strel stretch, <laughs> thats the way it's... Steely flywheel. Steely, I know It's those. Steely, yeah. Yeah. Steely he, it, yeah. Derek. So he's running the company. It was his dad's company. He hmm. used to work for us at Dirt Rider. He, oh, wow. he, uh, he was one of. We did this kind of editor challenge. We needed to hire somebody, so we did like a reality TV show esque challenge through the magazine. And uh, yeah, Derek was a. Uh, yeah, but he wanted to race more than he wanted to be a magazine editor. Sound sound familiar, like Trevor? Yeah.
2: Where do you ever find a guy like that? Yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> it,
0: like the motivation is there. But then when the racing overtakes, but yeah. Uh, so the question is: so the you know flywheel weights are interesting, just like uh, just like you know clutch weights. Or, you know, increasing the increasing the 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 you know going to a heavy tube. There's all these things that affect kind of the rotational stuff on the motor and when they get spinning what they do. I was always a big advocate of flywheel weights on smaller displacement bikes, but not on not on bigger ones. And so when you go to four fifty, to me that's like a bigger bike. And I always want to reduce the rotational mass in there. Mm. And you think about it, the cranks part of that flywheel, it's connected directly to it. And so you're just increasing crank mass and, and because that weight gets so heavy as the bike revs up, which some people, some people want and some people don't, but I think there's enough in there on a, on a four stroke and the, the, the benefit you get at low RPMs is so counterproductive when the bike starts spinning, you know, because it, it makes it hard to maneuver. Mm-hmm. You almost, and I ride four strokes at low RPMs. Uh, so because I don't want that extra effort I have to put it into, you know, I'd rather click it up a gear high and have the bike more nimble. And I don't think people, um, think about a lot of this, you know, a lot of this stuff when they, when they, when they do it, but, uh, does it help with traction? It's, it's, yeah, eh, kind of, not as much. Not as eh, it depends on where it depends on what RPM you're riding at. Because you're riding a really low RPM, it can actually be kind of counter because it like big motor. It's like the, the pulses are accelerating and decelerating. So mm-hmm. yeah, engine is running fine, no stalling problems uh, for traction. I would look someplace. I would look someplace else for traction. And a lot of times it's something as simple as gearing or just. Uh, just the and a lot a lot Maybe of like times
2: one twenty instead of one ten
0: or anything like that. Um, well, t- tire. I mean, all the obvious stuff: tire pressure, yeah. just things like this. You know, it's funny. You're talking to somebody and they may be running eighteen pounds in their tire. And I would there never, yeah. I would, I would never run eighteen pounds in my tire. I mean, like fourteen is like a max for me on a, on an off road or a dirt bike. Uh, and then it's like just do that, and they're like they want to get anything. Or you're talking to someone who has bought a ECU was tuned on a dyno, and they never ran it below. Yeah. They never ran it below four thousand RPMs in the dyno, maybe thirty-five. You know, and and so from so from two thousand to thirty-five hundred, which is where they're riding the bike the whole time, it's running kind of like an on-off switch. Yeah, and then yeah, then and but he's not stalling, so I'm kind of going that that's that's not a problem. But traction, I at that point I'm going to go with more tire suspension. Think about think about that. Uh, it but if you're if you're turning your throttle, all of a sudden the bike's spinning. Um, quieter muffler <laughs> usually helps. I mean, that kind of slows that kind of stuff down. Sometimes throttle to the throttle, the pull wheels, like a G two oh, yeah, throttle yeah. tube, yeah, yeah. can can make a big difference. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's yeah. A good, that's a good. That's a good suggestion.
0: And Gregory's going to go the beta demo demo ride. Beta demo ride in January is for me. Yes. Uh, there you go. And. You know, a lot of times those demo rides are pretty cool because they, they, a lot of times they don't advertise it. But if you go to a demo ride, they collect all your information because they want to send you stuff. Sometimes they'll give you like a hundred or two hundred dollars off, or like some sort of a discounted deal. Or you go to the demo ride, then you can get like a, you know, some stuff mm-hmm. when you when you buy the bike. You know, because they just, at that point they, they're confident in their bike. They know they've got you. They're just going to put one other nugget in front of you. So if you're thinking about buying a bike and there's a demo ride in your area, I highly suggest doing it. And if they have different models, you know, from the same brand, of course. But try a couple different models because maybe what you were thinking isn't the right one.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: If you're six eight and two hundred fifty pounds and wanting the KTM one hundred fifty, maybe you hop on the uh, the three hundred fifty four stroke and go. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that this was my bike. I can't believe I can hold on to a three hundred fifty. Right. So, um, Troy Hicks. Says the KTM 350 secret sauce is a 366 big bore kit, EXC crank and F- XCF top end. Um, uh, okay, that sounds like a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just ride a 350? <laughs> At that point, buy a four, buy a 390.
2: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> then, then
0: you have more than 366. You have three hundred and ninety. a
2: crank and a different. Oh, my God. That's, that's a lot. Of, that's a
0: Actually, lot. because the show is sponsored by. But that's by, cool
2: to know that somebody figured that because out.
0: Because the show is sponsored by Yamaha, and I'm a complete shill to all of my sponsors, I would suggest that you look at a Yamaha YZ250FX at that point. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way that you, you, you really need to be looking at a lighter bike at that I don't know how I'm going to sell this. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, uh, yeah, get a Yamaha. Actually, you should just get a Tenere. Can't say a good enough good things about the Tenere, like the Tenere <laughs> T7. Uh, we got some questions about that. Where are they going to come up in our second hour? Sure. Uh, so, do we answer most of the questions that went through the chat, Logan?
4: So far, yeah.
0: Rapid roulette oh, there's one more chat questions. Okay.
4: Do we want to do it or for when we come back?
0: Uh, Gregory says, cool, I dig merch. Well, speaking of merch. We got merch. Uh, we have a Tech Talk Taco Tuesday T-shirt that's completely designed. Everything about that T-shirt is 100% ready to go other than my janitor can't figure out how to make the form work to make the T-shirt buying process a little bit easier. So that the guy who works in the shipping department.
4: That's you, right? Can,
0: yeah. Jimmy
4: fills all those
0: blanks. That makes it yeah, all work, and he wanted to go riding on the day he was going to work on all that stuff. So <laughs> uh, with that, uh, Gregory, we will try to get you some uh, – help you out with the merch. Hit the merch button. Uh, were we going to explain the high-speed and low-speed compression on the shock?
4: That's the only other one.
0: Do we have an, do we have an hour? No. We, uh, that is on – so Dave Donnelly, um, I do have that on my notes here that we're going to hit after this. So um, for sure, are you ready to hold on one second, Logan? Oh, I don't have a button for it. Oh, you don't have a button for that one. I'm, I'm in control. I of the sh- I I'm don't. fully in control of the show now.
4: Yeah, I don't have a button
0: at all. Okay, everybody. Um, these are the most important words you're going to hear.
3: The defending champion, the all-new Yamaha YZ450F. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry, virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text, and it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the taco touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had, uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, All of our Moto co-branded components come with a no-questions-asked lifetime warranty. And we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM, and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively, we're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced and knows meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure.
0: Okay, welcome back to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Thanks to all of our sponsors that are uh, supporting our show. We couldn't do it without them, or I mean, uh, I wouldn't do it without them. <laughs> <laughs> Chill. I, I like. I like. You know. I like. Actually, every one of those companies is uh, really good. Uh, they've they've been good to me. They make good products. I need to call Bulletproof Designs because I need to get some stuff for my WR. Uh, but Double Take Mirrors, Fast Company, Trail Tech, DDC, our original sponsor of this show. Climb, Scott Sports, uh, Takamoto, Yamaha, and, of course, my boss at JimmyLewisOffRoad.com lets me um, spend the time here tonight. If you want – actually, if you're listening to this show and it's not Friday yet, you can become a better rider by Monday. So mm-hmm. I had this whole read that I was going to write, but I didn't. If your riding is spooky, don't be scared. Come out and take the class before Halloween. I uh, promise you, you won't regret
2: it. Yeah, I mean, it'll it's, it'll change.
0: We, I literally, I've, I'm even thinking, if you're
2: good or think you're good, it'll it'll change you. It makes it just it's
0: like it's, the, it's it's not rocket scientists, but nobody no. I, what I tell people is nobody's is confident. Nobody's confident enough to teach the stuff that we teach because the stuff we teach really makes a difference, but we're putting the burden on you as a rider. We're giving you the information, the stuff you need to practice, that unless somebody tells you to do it, obviously you, you don't do it. And then, I, hey, remember when some, like, 55-year-old guy beat you at some race and he hadn't raced for 15 years? You? Yeah, me. Ah, yeah. yeah, I don't like to talk about my racing much. <laughs> You're like an A-rider. You win A-rides. A, a yeah, I'm going pro next year. Going pro yeah. and some old dude using techniques that he teach. you should come and take my class. I
2: think we should.
0: Actually, you can come out and teach. Actually, you got to take the class a few times because I could teach you everything you're doing wrong. Because when I was riding behind you, I was laughing because I was watching how much muscles you were using as well as hitting a lot of things you shouldn't be hitting because you should have steered around them. But you're trying to go too fast. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's what happens to everybody, trust me. Uh,
2: <laughs> it's a common problem. It's
0: a common problem. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's uh well, you ever heard the term slow down to go faster. Mm-hmm. Has anybody ever told you how to do that? Mm-hmm. They tell you to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Have they know. told you how? No. No. Yeah. That's the that's what I know.
2: Million-dollar question, right? <laughs> cuz
0: I rode I've I, I've I was one, at one time I was called the fastest slow bike rider in the world cuz I was always racing 125s and doing stuff on mini bikes and XR 100s and things. And then, and then I had the opportunity to ride the fastest dirt bikes ever, twin-cylinder rally bikes, and I learned that all those techniques I was using on the slow bike, I could use on my big bike, and I only had to use half throttle.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then when I had the chance to turn the throttle wide open, which when I moved up from 125s to 250s, I never went over the handlebars so many times <laughs> because I would – I would hit stuff. <laughs> I would just like I would. It, I crashed going uphill, going over handlebars all the time. <laughs> That's great. Because like the 125 wouldn't go that fast up a hill, but a, a 250 would. Right. And he just he cartwheels. This is like <laughs> it's gnarly. So, anyways, um, uh, Victor wants to know how was your ride in Caliente.
2: My oh my, fantastic, Victor. Yeah, it was good. Did the Axel Pearson? Uh, uh, he's going to ISD. Mm. Uh, next week i think uh did his you know benefit ride day and just barbecue and stuff It was super good yeah those super are the, those fun. are those kind they of rides had a super great you know it's his backyard so yeah. he knows some really good trails there i recommend if
0: yeah if you know if you know some of these guys that are going to isd and of course it's a little it's bit a good late way now, to help them out They're yeah they, people, they'll, man. they'll do they'll do like rides like the pearsons they do rides uh to do that there's a. Uh, well, of course, uh, one of my sponsors, uh, Focu Racing, uh-huh. sponsors, they have their, They don't call it that. They call it the good team with the bad name.
2: Yes. They
0: send a team to the ISD every year. Okay. Uh, those guys, uh, you can check on the interwebs and find where to buy T-shirts. It may be a little late for that yeah. at this point. But um, yeah, ISD is coming up. That's going to be a good time. It's be awesome to see the Americans do good again.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, It's a big deal. It's very patriotic and
0: stuff. Right. So we're going to start getting into our bigger questions, but not before we talk about the uh, Hot Shoe Hall of Fame. This is G- Gene Woods. The place is cool. Uh, hot Shoe Hall of Fame. This is a hot shoe. And uh, not like the real hot shoe. This is actually one of the yeah. shoes. So what he does, is he runs it as a charity. Um, and so he buys these shoes. And he gives them to the people in need. And there's a lot of people in Vegas running around without shoes. Oh, boy. And he tries to help, help those guys out. And uh, so this year, I think they announced the date. It's uh, late January. It's at uh, his go-kart track, which, by the way, if you ever are in Vegas and you're going to go to Fremont Street, hit me up. I can get you a discount for racing, quite possibly the slowest go-karts in the world. Oh,
2: my God. They're not easy to drive, though.
0: They're, it's, like, super drifting. And uh you know. You know know that night we were doing Mario Kart, yeah. Yeah, Mario Kart. But they're they're actually not that slow. No. They're they're fast enough to like slam you into the wall pretty hard if you don't know what you're doing. Oh yeah. I had the fastest time of the month that night. Oh, you cheater. No, I didn't cheat. Cut the track. No, I didn't even we didn't I didn't even get a special car or anything like that. I didn't Uh cut the uh track. Fastest time of the month. He he sent me the the printout. Like that he he took all the ones out Mm because sometimes people do donuts over the over the line and he knows what a fast time is and it wasn't it wasn't great like it was 17 one or something i think you could get down to like 16 eight but
2: yeah
0: so i I think i'm just start hanging out down there with formula one coming up there i'm trying to get my name up there so everybody sees my name maybe i'll get an offer to yeah maybe you know knock on your door come knock in case one of those guys in case a reserve driver goes out they might yeah
2: yeah
0: we got to go ride our bikes around down there like and see all the see all the bs that's going on yeah I saw some. I saw some videos of. Some I can of tell stuff you
2: there. one thing. I almost guarantee they won't renew that contract. <laughs> A lot of locals aren't too happy about the not happy hey, and not buying tickets. <laughs> yeah, so so if you're in the island
0: of of that, you have to go over like special made bridges just to get into like the casinos that are in the middle of yeah, that yeah, that thing. Huh? The room prices are going way down.
2: Everything's going the wrong way that they expected. <laughs> oh so boy. That, yeah. Yeah, you know when they got. But hubris, or whatever you call that, they think they're better than God, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, it's Ameri- a- that attitude doesn't always fly in Vegas. We got a lot of good <laughs> stuff here. You, you ain't that special.
0: Yeah. So uh, no, I want to go ride my bike around just to, just to see yeah. what is going on because some of that stuff That's, they're building so is so permanent. Put
2: super me- we- moto wheels on there and have some fun.
0: <laughs> super on my e, e- <laughs> mountain bike. Anything an e mountain bike? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brand oh, new bicycles.
2: Payment. Yeah. Oh, I got no.
0: You. Yeah. Just go ride bicycles yeah, yeah. around there. So. That Mm -hmm. way we can get kicked out and it's easy to do. Yeah. Uh, Dave Donnelly says, shout out to Takamoto for their ridiculously fast shipping. I wanted to add my order two hours later, but it was already shipped to me. (laughs) Add to his order. That's (laughs) Logan's riding buddy who ships all this stuff, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, good. Um, No, Takamoto. Takamoto Takamoto.co. I know. So the reason I got involved with Takamoto is Taco Mike, so Mike Spurgeon, Spurgeon. uh, he... I don't know, some, somehow he posted someplace this sort of like this KTM 500 white sheet. And and you know me, no modifications, leave it stock kind of guy. And he's talking about all these different modifications. But he did a step-by-step, if you want this, do this. If you want this, do that. And even though he was selling this stuff, he was blatantly honest about what it did and where you want to go with it. And and I maybe he understands marketing better than I do because I don't think in marketing, I don't think honesty is the best policy. And sometimes I'm always a little bit, you know, sh- shy of that. But he's kind of spelled it out, and 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 I'm like, this guy is one of the few people that's selling this stuff, but tells you how it really works. And like he says in his commercial, they go out of their way to 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 do customer service. And yeah, and yeah. Uh, I I've heard you know that they do that. He's got from, a fantastic from name people just town. like Dave, just like yeah. somebody on the show, just kind of throws got a it out there.
2: Fantastic name around town.
0: Yeah. So, uh, shout out to uh, Takamoto. I, I think that when we do the rooster endo again, it could be a five hundred dollar gift certificate. Really? I, I think I'll just keep putting it off till it not gets. Have to
2: throw a bike in there, man. <laughs> we told. I told you to. I know.
0: Yeah, so we'll we'll see if we can uh, get mm-hmm. that thing up. Uh, shout out to Mark Daniels, is us in the chat? Um, Mark, uh, today is uh, hold that thing up there. Three R's. No, Ooh. no, not yours. That that one there, the one that I've got. Oh, we'll show them both what we got going. No, here. that
2: is some of the best whiskey. So I've we got to put
0: it up for the. I'm going to go to the. Hold on. I want to push the Jimmy button like that that goes wah. here. But, in fact, you're Logan right now. There, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so that, that tequila, <laughs> that's the three R's, um, imported uh, from Mexico. Of course, legally imported in my truck because we had enough people to carry as many bottles that we had.
2: As you can get and, a hold of. And then uh, this, my friends, is good. <laughs> How is that? It's like one of the best whiskeys so, I've ever had. So,
0: yeah, so Jimmy is at uh, a whiskey-aristo.
2: Ah, yeah,
0: yeah. A- and oh, ah. this is Addictivo So <laughs> that, it's actually, I guess a full thumbs up for it's me It's actually man. a whiskey that was aged in tequila barrels, which is kind You're of kidding these, me. No, this fusion kind of stuff that they, they do these days. And you got that down in Mexico or where? Yeah, I, I imported it in the same truckload where I had to have an extra body in my truck. We're going back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that is some really fine, uh, fine stuff out here. So that's the fifty and tech talk taco. What perfume are you drinking tonight? Is what a Victor. So. <laughs> Victor. Yep. Uh, Logan, day. what were you? So when you guys went out during the ad break, did you slam a couple crud's out in the parking lot there?
4: Yep, totally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, good on you. Uh, okay, greetings from Argentina. Says uh, Jamie. Borono, uh, awesome to hear you guys answer questions. Relatively new to off-road racing, if I start asking things, we would be here all night. Well, uh, I train, I train the uh, the best quad rider in Argentina.
2: Yes, you do.
0: Yeah. So. Yes, you do. Yeah, Pablo. Yeah, Pablo. Yeah, Pablo. Yeah, we're getting we're about ready to get deep in Dakar boot camp season. Pablo's not going back this year. He's he's taking a year off. Is he? And uh, but yeah, there's some Dakar training come up. It should be yeah, pretty fun. Yeah, it's it's
2: there.
0: Okay, let's get into these questions. Uh, we'll All start right. with page two. Um, right here, we'll start with this one, and this question is by uh, Steve C three nine six. Three six something like that. He uh, he says he missed the show last night. He was working late, hmm. but uh, we didn't have a show last night. But he was talking about <laughs> something else. But there's his question right there.
2: Oh, any thoughts on pivot pegs on a trail bike? I have a set on and I like them. They weren't any other quality pegs I could find out there for my bike, and I caught them on sale. Thanks. So. Do you have any opinions on Pivot Peg? Yeah, I actually owned a set once. And here's my take on it. I, I took off on them, and I almost, you know, when I took off on the bike, weird, hated them, said, oh, try to get used to them. And I could actually get used to them, but I never really saw anything. I got where I didn't hate them, where I could, like, oh, but wow. I didn't re- yeah. Okay, so. Well, I got where it didn't, like, go, oh, my God, it's weird. I I did lose the weirdness of them, but I never really, never liked them. I didn't see any benefit from them, and they always were just like proud I could be not weird on them. So
0: pivot pegs, for those who don't know, is basically it's a peg on a pin. So instead of being functionally locked and not moving, Mm -hmm. they are on a pin in the pegs pivot. And so the idea is that way you can reach your brake and reach your shifter and the oh. pegs will move with it, but they're spring, they're spring loaded. And Lightly and so, so loaded. yeah, yeah. Well, light, no, no, light or heavy, they have different, uh-huh. different spring settings for them. So my very first experience with pivot pegs was we were doing a foot peg test and we were just blindly putting foot pegs on and the riders were not allowed to look at the bike, look at the pegs. You just hopped on the bike and went and rode it. And I hopped on the bike and and the first thing was like a set of rollers slash hoops. I went in there and I got on the gas to carry the front end and I started falling off the motorcycle. That's
2: what I'm saying. Off the
0: back of the motorcycle and I couldn't, I'm like, what the hell is going What's on? Going on? You and, of and, and, and I thought they didn't I thought they didn't put the pins in. I don't know what was wrong. Because I use the foot pegs to index my foot. The foot the angle of the foot peg tells me a lot. And I'm really Really particular About foot pegs I'm actually I'm really particular About everything But uh, Especially the quality Of the show mm. Logan And since you're Sitting there you're I just in, sit here You just sit there Okay you're
4: good You're the dude That runs here You push <laughs> all the buttons um,
0: I do <laughs> <laughs> Okay um, So <laughs> So Back to the foot pegs I get distracted Pretty easy Don't I Very Okay Squirrel brain over here Ooh, Butterfly <laughs> Um, so the foot peg to me, it's, it's like the ground when I'm walking. Yeah. Have you ever tried to walk? Well, I won't, I don't want to say during an earthquake cause a lot of people don't live in California where that happens, but like, have you ever been in one of those haunted houses where they have the rolly floors sure. or yeah, something like that? That's sort of what happened with the pivot pegs. I sort of lost my, my, my bearing of where the bike was. And since they rolled back, I rolled back with them cause my feet and ankles exactly are right. telling me yeah. what was going on. And by the time I realized it, I was coming off the, the back and I was getting a little, either, I was yeah. getting a little whiskey throttle. Like to call to me.
2: And I got to where I could stop that is what I'm saying. But
0: right. it And, and so now we have clients that come to the school and I'll hop on their bike and demonstrate on their bike. And if I don't pay attention to it, I get on the bike and the bike takes off out from underneath me because yeah. mm. I'm using my feet so much. So I'm not saying that they're a good or a bad product. It's it's a it's a. It's a it, nest-
2: is there a goal to try to make you so you can get underneath the shifter better or what? What, what is I the goal think, of
0: them? I think that you know whoever designed it was just somebody who is just like a regular guy that said, hey, I, I'm sitting down on my motorcycle. And when I try to put my foot or a push on my brake, you know, I have to lift are my kind foot of up. More
2: static or something. When I push
0: on my rear brake, my foot's off the foot footpeg. Well, Scary. You know, I'm, 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 ah! I'm, you know, or I'm, or I'm able to, you know, I'm, if I'm only, if I'm only just touching the brake pedal, I have enough dexterity at that point to, to control it. And, and mm-hmm. I, and I'm using my foot peg as a, as a reference there as well. I suspect, I don't think about this. In fact, I was watching videos of me riding with the GoPro the other day and I realized how much I ride with one finger on the, on the clutch. I thought I was always two fingers. Ah. And But yeah, so anyways, you're always learning. The fast so,
2: pegs are cool. I got a set of
0: those. I love that. The, the, okay. So the we'll we'll, we'll get rolled. to that because I, yeah. I, there's nothing I like more than to roll this into a plug for one of my sponsors.
2: I'm not even trying to do that.
0: I know I'm a shill for these guys, but you're helping out. It's great. Mm-hmm. So, so with the, I think that the, the initial thing was, I think if you're sitting down a lot and you're trying to, to, you know, shift or sometimes, sometimes that it's hard to get your toe yeah, underneath they, the shifter if you're doing, if you're this sitting
2: big, down, you're not relying on the pegs as much. Yeah. move
0: movement. But, you maybe you don't want to lift your foot all the way off like we kind of do, or we just kind of tap it. They're doing you know. these big movements, so I I think it's more of a I don't want to say a beginner rider product or someone that's not super in touch with their motorcycle. But I I've never I don't know of any high level riders that are using these, you know, like really good really good riders mm-hmm. because I I think really good riders determine. So much of the feel of the motorcycle through the foot pegs and nothing else,
2: and that's that, yeah, and
0: that's that, and that that will take some of that away. You're going to lose the fore aft movement of the of the motorcycle, and then I don't really know how much it actually affects like when you go to control the bike because I control it through the foot pegs. How much that it's you know you're going to weight the front of the foot pegs you really want to drive mm-hmm. down and maybe the foot peg pivots and then your angles and your because I would you know and then and then if you're a ride on the balls of your feet guy. Holy shit, are those is that a bad idea? Because the minute if and you're I on am. the balls of your fit, the minute you kind of drop your heels, those pegs will let you really drop your heels. Mm-hmm. And I mean again, uh, not product, not for me. Uh, for some people, like I I've known some people that have some really bad ankles and they said that's the and only way they can ride. That was I was and,
2: trying to fix a, and,
0: a and and I'm Achilles like, injury
2: great. and it didn't help.
0: Oh, I th- I would think it would make it worse. Because you, you it did
2: everything I didn't want it to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is yeah. how we just go down a rabbit hole on some some something, hey, a yeah. question. Well,
2: you get older, you kind of try to find crutches to get you back out there, and yeah, you know, injuries and things like that—they happen.
0: But the same thing with just explaining all these different kind of things and how how stuff how things work. So if you have a question like this and you're in the chat or we um, listen to this in a podcast format, send us an email. We can uh, we can dive into it and hopefully the only problem is you have to listen to two hours of this crap. To get to maybe your question, potentially. Yeah. yeah. And then I go squirrel brains half the show. Right. right, Logan? Yeah. Are you asleep yet?
2: Pretty close.
0: Pretty close? That's good. What time do you have to be at the, at the job site tomorrow?
2: Swing Eight. shift over there. Eight? Wow. Swing shift construction. Yeah. Swing shift construction. He's the remodel guy, man. He's not a construction guy.
0: Yeah. Sounds, uh, sounds like you need to come out here and like work some hard hours. It's kind of <laughs> like we have indentured servitude opportunities. <laughs> yeah. All you have to do is push on keyboard keys. Um, and then and then do a little scraping of floors and mobile homes, and stuff like that. Remember those be, days? Oh yeah. <laughs> Change some tires. I have a stack of tires that need to be changed. Know anybody that needs practice?
4: I have a pension.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know a guy who has a lot of tires. I mean, and you know, someone will go on your bike too, of course. Did you, you see the brain just start crying?
3: Yeah, yeah. Dude, fresh rubber is always yeah. a good deal.
0: Okay, next next question.
2: Uh, is this a this is a rerun? No, it's
0: it, it depends on when you're watching the show. It's the good thing about this is it's kind of timeless. We don't really talk about timely things, so you can learn something in almost every show. And then mm-hmm. on those five shows where there's no useful information, uh, just say this show sucks. Yeah,
2: yeah and, spe- you and if you're right all, and,
0: and if <laughs> if you're in Australia, say. I would rather fanny pack than watch this show, and that would really mean it was bad. I mean, by fanny pack, I mean wear a bum bag. You Australians, you know, I used to pick on Canadians, but they're so nice, so I had to stop.
2: <laughs> I don't know where we're at here because uh, well, some of these we did with Trevor, right? Okay, but this guy says we do good content. Oh, well, we can do that again. Yeah, public you. A- Best dirt bike channel around. Uh-huh. I Totally agree.
0: Yeah, and then and then testing
2: after modding is the only way that counts. Yeah. Yep. You guys do good content. You gotta you gotta
0: say you gotta Woo. say yeah. I gotta Woo. say his oh name. Ron Mower. Ron Mower. Ron Mower.
2: I like that guy's name. <laughs>
0: yes. Do
4: you like
0: riding on the balls of your feet or No, no, because if I go to the balls of my feet, then I can I have that as a as a there's uh, a question from the peanut gallery. You like to say you know. Yeah. So. So he's asking, do I like riding on the balls of my feet? Although it's not – can, can we just wait for that question? Because he's gotten to the good ones here, like where he's yeah. talking about how good – I'm going to ask him to pat me on the back in a second. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, okay. we got now, that. Now back to your regularly scheduled yeah. show. <laughs> I'll get to the balls of the feet in a minute.
2: I think. Oh, yeah, we one. did
0: that one. You, okay. you get the next question. So I'll, oh. I'll do the balls of the feet question. So here's here's – people say like – You know, you hear a lot of people say ride in the balls of your feet and attack, ride in the balls of your feet, attack position, Um, you know, all this. I was always trying to figure out how I could go as fast as the guy who was riding on the balls of his feet and was in the attack position in a balanced and relaxed and comfortable position so that if something went wrong, I could attack a little bit or get on the balls of my feet. And this is, I've been in this for a long time and it, it feels really slow because you, you have to, you know what the f- speed feels like when you're kind of in this attack, but it's like, if you're doing it right, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're still on top of the motorcycle, but if you're all crunched down and you're using your muscles, the bike isn't, the bike doesn't get as good of traction. And so as the only two things that matter when you're riding a motorcycle are balance and traction. And if you're tense on the bike. If something goes wrong, you're going to compromise the traction. You're not going to allow the tires to react, the bike to react, all this other stuff. So when you're on the balls of your feet, you think about it. Do you walk around on the balls of your feet all day? No. If somebody walked up to you and swung like you're going to punch at you, what do you do? You roll on the balls of your feet, right? Because you anticipate something bad's going to happen. When I'm riding... I don't want anything bad to happen. I want to be relaxed and comfortable. So when something bad happens, I have the opportunity to do that. It gives me one more chance to catch what's going wrong as opposed to being in the thing to catch what's going wrong. You have no reaction at that point. I agree. You 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 might feel it a little bit better if if that's but if you start relaxing and and learning um to you know feel the same things you would like you know, turn on your sensors as much as you would when you're like this, because that's what happens when you when you go like this. Extra sensors turn on. If you learn to pick that kind of stuff up through, we'll call it the center of your foot, the arch of your foot, then uh, then it it all works out. So, free answer. riding lesson. That's uh that's we teach this in uh, www jimmylewisoffroad com. The uh, we'll make you a better rider, promise. Mm-hmm. So.
2: Oh, there is the bike. Okay.
0: XT230. XT230. It's actually 250. Oh. We finished it. We asked that one. Did we? Yeah, we asked that one too. Go to the oh. Tenere 700 question. I ah, let's do those. some t T7 7 stuff. T7s, Yamaha. This v.
2: is Ollie Christopher's 467. Jimmy, I pay as much attention to your riding technique as the review and tech on your build. I have to say you practice what you teach in the school. Listen to, to be, this? Yeah. Get listen. off your
0: phone and listen to this, Former kids.
2: student here. The stuff I practice from what I was taught has helped me immensely. I have slowed way down practicing balance and lots of braking drills. Riders really should take note: practice using the foot dab instead of paddling. Yeah, that's for sure. Especially, especially
0: on an adventure bike with panniers on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's broken Tib fib.
2: That's the big boxes in the back. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's why, like, when when I'm going to do something gnarly on the bike, I prefer to have soft luggage. I really want to have soft luggage because sometimes just you you end up putting your foot down and the bike's moving and it goes back and it it's like just think about it like a a, a pillow versus a sledgehammer.
2: Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely a, I would. I don't those things scare me to death. I don't even have any of that right. stuff. Right,
0: and so I'm, I'm when, I see when, people
2: riding them in the desert and I'm like, oh, oh my god, that thing when, scares me.
0: And and, in all honesty, this is the stuff I think about when I go ride. I'm not like worried. Can I ride through there? I ride up to something and I go, "Mm, "I can ride through there, but my bike has hard panniers on it right now. Eh, I'm gonna have to be way, way more careful. Which means starting and stopping a lot, going very, very slow. And it's like, do I really want to do this? I'm, I'm not at that point. I go, I may not be on the right bike. Where I see people think, you know, they they're just like, I'm going for it, and they don't. They haven't even analyzed any of those those things. Mm-hmm. so okay yeah. is there a question there
2: not really oh but... he's just
0: gratuitous gratuitous praise
2: well he, he was no he was he was telling people to pay attention man yeah i, he I was. mean
0: in in that video it's funny because when when um me and the kid who used to help me out here that was on that video uh when we were uh you know watching over some of that stuff in the talking about that he was like he was like yeah you really do what you teach kind of what this guy is saying he you know because there was a couple sections where he was on the cove when we were going through there he we was struggling with some of it and then he was watching what I was doing and he's like we need to shoot videos of this cuz you you know cuz we were talking about doing more online class videos and stuff He's like cuz you're doing all the stuff you teach and I'm like of course I am
2: <laughs> yeah you don't ever get like too good to do it you don't get too good to do it
0: and and and
2: or to not do it, or whatever and, and you want to call it. Yeah.
0: Well, but like sometimes when it really starts getting bad, and I would catch myself when I would be like riding extreme enduros or just something super gnarly where you hear everybody revving up and spinning. And I know, I know that's not the right thing. And you know, you watch watch the guys that are winning the extreme enduros when you watch the hard enduro stuff, oh. even it's just the torque that they're getting out yeah. of their bike, they're not spinning. And then you watch the the seventh place guy who's a really good rider, by yeah, he's far. A
2: badass, yeah. He
0: spins, yeah. he spins it. He just doesn't have Is that it? that technique. And then, you know, so I get stuck on something, and I catch myself spinning. I just put my WR450 up and I rode through this little rocky uphill shoot, and I saw myself spin a couple times. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? That's not you. It, oh, you yeah, know, well, like I said, when it gets technical, the you stress out and the bad habits come out.
2: Yeah, it's easy to get tense. That's what yeah. It's, It's weirdly easy to get tense in those scenarios, right?
0: Yeah, Um, we're going to answer a chat from the uh, question from the chat right now because Beam Echo just posted something up, and Logan's right on top of it. He just yawned straight out of the yawn. What's the question, Logan? What are your thoughts on modifying a new, newer dual cable throttle
4: on a KTM 350 to a single cable throttle? Any reason not to go to a single cable?
0: Other than Let's talk about modifications. Why the hell would we even bother talking about modification modifications? <laughs> I, there's, there's 865 things on my list that I would do in front of doing that, and the second thing on that list would be come and take a class for me. <laughs> but uh, aside from that, unless you're Mojave Bob, remember Mojave Bob used to come in here. I remember that guy. Yeah. That was one of his things. He he was he was trying to take weight off the bike, so he would actually do, okay. he would go to single pull like a like a two stroke is, um, uh, like old carbureted any carbureted bike was yeah, be... or, or not, before four strokes because the problem thing was is that the reason they had the the push pull throttle cables is because those bikes had the potential in the to to have enough velocity going in. Through the intake to prevent the the spring on the throttle. They didn't want to have such a heavy pull on the throttle that the the slide wouldn't shut down.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So they wanted you to be able to pull the yeah, if you you know to push. They push call it the, push. It's really not push. You're pulling it the other direction.
2: Uh, yeah.
0: To to shut it down. And so I think it's more of a safety feature. And if and I knew this a little bit because you, you know I was I heard about it and I was knew some people are involved in some lawsuits about sticking throttles in you know in the old days and the manufacturers were horrified of this because if a lawyer could find somebody who got hurt on a motorcycle and they could blame a sticking throttle it was really hard it was really hard to prove it didn't happen
2: yeah
0: and there was and then it was like well what have you done to prevent this Mm
2: -hmm. that's
0: why we have push pull throttles by the way that's the that's the first reason and now with all the electronic stuff, it just gives it – it actually gives it better control you know, with the throttle position sensor and things like that. But, yeah, you can take it off for less weight and one less cable up there. But I will tell you, I've seen guys flip their bikes and rip the throttle cables off. And between those two cables, they were able to make one work. Yeah, I like that. And so they had the spare yeah, on the I've, bike. I've
2: never even thought about getting rid of one. but Because
0: in my very first ISD – I'm not my very first. My second one, I actually, because I was on a KTM 125, I actually had a second throttle cable.
2: Just pre wired. It
0: was set in there and I could just take it off and put it back in and whatever, because broken throttle cables were a thing back then. Yeah,
2: everyone was good.
0: There's no such thing as a dumb question here. We answer all of them as much as we can and try to give you the full story. You know, I put up a post in the EXC performance group. I think we're actually broadcasting live to them on the group. And I, I said, hey, ask some questions.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Zero. No questions. I mean, there all day long, there's questions coming up there, and there's 50 answers. And every once a, every once in a while, I kind of dive in there and i look at all the answers. And half of them are just people just smarting off, which is kind of what I want to do sometimes. But I try not to because I'm trying to pretend I'm a professional. Mm-hmm. Then, But it's... The range of answers you get, it's just like anything. It's like, where are these coming from? Because I look at them sometimes just to be more educated. Sometimes I'll see something, I'm like, huh, I'm interested in that. There was one today on on shims that were wearing out. And so half of the things were hot cam shims or shit. Was That was the gist of what they were saying because some of the shims had lost their hard facing and worn out. I've been using hot cams and a couple other different shims, uh, Pro X shims, different non-OEM shims. I've been using OEM ones too you can't go wrong with OE but i would almost bet that the the failure rate is pretty damn close like let's say just the failure rate is 0.05% on the worst or yeah. no let's say let's say 1.5% on the worst and it's 0.05 on the the best it's just like anything there's there's production there tolerances and variances and and who knows whether your oil jet is not aimed perfectly or there's a little chunk of something that got in there and it's squirting the oil a little bit off kilter from where it's supposed to go, like it's not always the shim <laughs> and yeah. so I, I kind of see this, but I saw how many people are just bagging on and and I always want to know I'm like hey how many how many people? Actually, did the homework to find out what like really happened, and then how many people are just regurgitating what they heard? Like, how many of those guys that are actually commenting?
2: Yeah, their valves just went on a spec, and they well, well, yeah. they had in that the, the guy that they're. How
0: many of them have actually had a dish shim where the hard facing went out, or they just saw the one picture that the guy posted, and they're the six guys that saw that post and remembered it yeah, and reposted. Yeah. And this is where I. This is where you got to watch out on the on the internet forums. That's why you got to be careful watching the show. Because I could be giving you completely
2: a long time to source out good information.
0: One hundred percent fake information here. On anything. Right. They also had another thing on there where I was listed on I was listed as originally listed on the post as one of one of the people who could be most influential in KTM five hundred EXC information. I got exactly zero percent of the votes. Yeah. 0% of the votes. Nice. <laughs> so just uh-huh. so you know, as a guy who owns uh seven seven of those, maybe eight? Yeah. And picked it as the best bike of all time? Uh-huh. Come on guys, really? My ego was completely shattered. <laughs> I was playing with razor blades earlier today, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so okay, next next question.
2: Okay. Mike Voskrensensky. Mike Voskrensensky. Right. I think I I I agree with that. Do you find rebound speed pretty balanced front to rear with these settings based on number of clicks alone? It seems like rear rebound would be unproportionately faster compared to front. I live in an Arizona and struggling to find settings that would make bike feel smooth-ish. On washboard, continuous... High frequency chop gravel roads. I weigh a buck sixty five.
0: So he's talking about the Tenere seven hundred. I did a video where I, I outlined my suspension settings um, on the stock bike, one hundred percent stock bike, pretty much. Just like hey, after I rode it, this is what I this is the kind of the conclusions I came to on where the suspension should be. And if you look at it just from a number standpoint, I suspect you could theorize that because the rebound was one place, and you know, versus the front and everything. That's just where the bike worked. I I don't really, in all honesty, when yeah. I'm doing when I'm doing suspension tuning, I'm not counting clickers. I'm just riding it. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go four clicks on that, and then I go, okay, that was too many. I'm yeah, gonna you come don't care back if it's to
2: 12, 20 out, five I, out, whatever. When
0: I run out of clicks, or you know, or when I find out I'm at three, you know, on a on a shock, and I'm three in or, or out twenty, you know, when it's a twenty four click range, I go, oh. Eh probably gonna have to go inside at this point Rebound. because you know i want to be in the middle i really want to have it in the middle but when i started getting like five you know you know that's seven the, six the, five the range, four yeah. i'm worried but in, if if i'm at seven or whatever i think my seven would have been the number it's like yeah it's a little bit on the edge but that's just reminding me that yeah next if i have it serviced or whatever you know, pay attention to this. Can we can we throw a shim in there or something to to make it work? And this is where a good suspension tuner comes in. But when I'm tuning, I'm not thinking numbers. The only time I think the numbers is when I go back in and recount it to see where where I'm at. Yeah. And and if I'm really stilted, you know. The, and like I say, the whole idea is to keep the bike balanced. And at that point, no, it was for me. It was perfectly balanced at that point. And by the way, I'm testing some Tour Tech stuff now. Yeah, I saw that. Insane. Really. I I when I put you it got on, a- on
2: your T seven.
0: Yeah, yeah. When I put it on, it's funny. When I put it on, because I guess it's really expensive. I don't know. I don't know that. I, I don't ask these questions. I just I, all I care about is how it works. Yeah. And and that's all I. Well, f- you
2: can't get. really put money. In it. it does means something to some and not the other. You know. If, you if, if, if uh, this had different
0: if, if something had different colors on it, people are willing to spend money on it. But this is what I don't care about, and this is why I do what I do. I just tell you how it works, and I, when I put it on, it did something that was just in. Like my, I'll call it showroom bounce test. I'm like, okay, yeah i I couldn't see how the one that I had how it was going to get much better than the one that I had. Mm-hmm. But I kind of pushed on. I'm like, oh, interesting. And so, the only thing I have to do now is I have to load the bike up and do a full full loaded luggage oh. test to see if the if the feel that I got unloaded continues continues oh, that's on. Good to hear. But yeah, I was. I, and and it's just there's people that understand things, and there could be stuff inside of it that's you know maybe a different way that makes stuff work. But that's that's why you test things, and 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 this maybe that's why it's expensive. I don't know. Maybe this maybe it's got a gold mm-hmm. propeller inside of it instead of a silver one. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. Robert Lambert yeah. wants to know how many bikes do you own?
2: I just counted them. There's 177 out there. I'm joking. There's a whole shit ton.
0: A lot of them. Did you see that Husaberg 650? I did. Did you show it to him?
2: No, it was dark in there. I don't want to feel like we we're rummaging around.
0: <laughs> My cat will kill you. Just, goes, no. oh, she, she, was on she, it. She buddy. goes right to the jug. The yeah. cat just knows how to jump up yeah. and like. There's no claws anyplace. Just, just fangs to the jugular. So, and then I hear her cry, and I run out with a gun. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you ever ridden a Husaberg 650? know anybody who's ridden a Hoosberg 570? Everybody has one. Oh, yeah? yeah? Does he talk about how fast it is? He talks
2: about
0: how much problems it has. Pro- oh, so he has to work on it. Yeah. That's painful. That is a pain. Does he want to sell it?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Bing. You don't need a whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't need a, a 73rd know. bike. <laughs> I'm actually trying to sell some bikes. Actually, there's a guy. Yeah. I think he sent me an email while I was on the show. This thing popped up. He uh, wants to buy my XR650. That's out there. <laughs> And I have a KTM a KTM 525. Yeah, and you know why I had why KTM had to quit making those? I'll sell you one too. I got one. It's it's premium. I I knew this day would come because it's worth way more than than <laughs> than they were when they were brand new. KTM had to quit making the 525 because it was too powerful because uh, it has a carburetor, and that's why they only make a piddly little 500 now that you have to go uh, get yeah. modified if you want a man's that's true, bike. That thing, yeah. One that'll rip your arms out. Oh, yeah. uh, KTM520, got one for sale. Just hit me up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Robert, It's the answer is, I don't own very many bikes at all, but my wife
2: does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. about 75 out there. So it's, it's, we're in that, that is end zone, fantastic. yeah. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, it is like a lot of dirt bikes, yeah. I think
0: Heather was watching her, so I got to be careful what <laughs> we it, say.
2: The word to say is a darn lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, here we go. Jebediah Nightlinger 6357. Cool bikes. I have a 23250F and for the most part really like the bike. I haven't replaced the stock muffler yet but I have installed a CCU and a programmable ECU. Haven't really got a map that I really like for the more extreme enduro type of riding. Add fuel and remove timing slows it down but I also kind of kills the low end grunt i plan on exhaust but have all but wait i plan on exhaust but have also heard the yzf airbox makes a good improvement as well the suspension on these bikes is the same as a, a good camera just point and click let's do the work i i i can't agree
0: more with most of that um but I don't know what the difference in the. is. Oh, YZ so he's
2: that. got a YZ, and he, is he playing with the mapping so, on it? So
0: he's he's got the WR 250. Um, he's got the he's got the stuff on it. The exhaust is the biggest thing that you can do that will help this.
2: Oh dang it! There's the-
0: and oh, it's WR 450. I, I guess. Oh no, he's he's got a 250. Yeah. 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 So I titled that wrong. My bad. I gotcha. Uh, maybe he's, maybe actually he's, he's he watched WR- the WR 450 and he's talking about the 250 because I haven't put the video up because I'm a lazy, uh, no. Yeah. I'm lazy. I, I ride Hoosbergs too much and I have to work on them. Uh,
2: <laughs> do those have the backwards motor and stuff?
0: The, the 250F? Yeah. It's just like the YZ 250F. No, no, no.
2: Is it, oh, this is a YZ 250F. It's a WR 250F.
0: So is they what got he
2: has. WR. It's, back, yeah. so, it's backwards like the motocross. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly like it. And so... I don't know that the airbox really the structure of it is any different. I think the air filter they have a they have a, a a sound damper inside of there that that you remove when you do the the competition ECU. Okay. So I think there's different filter cages and different things, but if you have the stock exhaust, the exhaust is your first step. Go to the exhaust get like a get like a quiet exhaust. I've been running the FMFQ and I'm really happy with it. I've also um, run just the stock fx muffler on which is a little bit loud so i would like something that's a little bit in between that's kind of the first step and that will help then the 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 tuning on the ecu especially what we're talking about adding fuel um what how did what how did he say he said uh remove timing i like to say retard the timing
2: I don't know if we can say that anymore, but yeah we no, can We're that. talking about
0: timing. Yeah, you can't
2: call them slave cylinders and master cylinders anymore. You can't. Uh uh-uh. uh What do you call them? I they got another words for them, but you can't call them that. Oh. Cooper's dad works at Chevy. He told me no way he can't do it.
0: Really? Yeah. Holy moly! You oh, know man, what? We're gonna have to hey, this woke it. stuff yeah. has has to stop. I'm I'm still. Well, yeah. You, know yeah what? you think when I'm talking about ignitions? I'm, I'm gonna advanced. be I'm gonna be your main retard. Me. Oh, yeah. Man. I'll lead the charge. Retarded in advance. I'll never change, but somebody said the other day I heard them talking about um, oh, I can't remember what it was, but it was another word that we're not supposed to use. And it, but it's the perfect word to describe it. And it, no, no, it, I no. I had I had a very interesting discussion with a guy that I know about these kind of things. And he, he he got a little bit, I don't want to use the term butthurt, but I am. He got a little bit like that about it. And I'm like, but the description was accurate. Okay, so because the description of him was accurate, but he was doing what was perceived as a bad thing. He wasn't doing a bad thing. Yeah, but, no. but I said, hey, if they described you the same way and you're doing a positive thing, a good thing, would you have been upset at that point?
2: Doesn't have to make sense.
0: It it yeah it does. It just
2: bothers me because it's like its uh, You got to throw logic out the
0: window. Yeah, it's quit being so damn woke. We're talking about motorcycles here, yeah, and he retarded the ignition.
2: Yeah, he retarded <laughs> the ignition. Which
0: uh, which, which so those two things help a ton when the exhaust flows a little bit more free. It to answer his question shortly. That That's would be that would be the first thing I would do. I wouldn't worry about the intake so much because it's not really restricting it as long as you've removed the sound damper that's inside there. Next question, please. Here we go.
2: NVM C rider. Nevada MC. Oh, Nevada Motorcycle. Rider, 8475. We have 8,475 motorcycle riders in Nevada. 874 guys in front of him with that name. (laughs) Crazy. Okay. Poor guy got lucky. Anyhow, public scribe for we don't care about that part. What do you? I have a WR and did all of the uncorking, pipe, ECU, etc. And next time I will just get an FX and buy a cooling fan. I agree. I,
0: you know what? It, depending on your situation, he's looking for power and and y- yeah, and 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 for sure you don't have to do the stuff if you started with a WR and you have to do these things to get where you want to go. Hopefully, you're looking for the suspension. Tuning the wr comes stock with, you and you That's... want and you want the headlights and you want the cooling fan because there's no problem with buying an FX, saving taking the money you would spend on the ECU and FCU and all that other the, the, the CCU, and spending that on getting your suspension tuned and then paying for like a Trail Tech Trail Tech sponsor of the show, uh, sure cooling fan
2: yeah, yeah. that th- there's That's there's a great fan too, yeah there's two different ways to attack the same problem. Uh, would you would you would you maybe just go more, it's more important to go with one of the two's got a little more aggressive suspension than the other, right? For me, I think the the
0: the ability to have lights because there is a difference in ignition, and Trevor will tell you this. That's what they're working on right now is getting the W r ignition into their FX to get more They have a flywheel. They're using the W r flywheel and stator. So if you got don't need you. the lights, if you it's kind of like a really a lights question. Because really, kind of yeah. everybody sort of modifies it. Eventually, we'll modify or we'll get to the point where you modify the suspension. Of all the bikes everywhere, it seems like the Yamahas are least prone to just suspensionitis. Agreed. You know, the people just seem to be pretty damn happy. Pretty happy with them. Uh, so I would I would say, I, but that's that's the question. Yamaha makes three very distinct bikes, YZ, YZFX, WR. Mm-hmm. And they, they each have a they're
2: pretty good steps down. They have they have course.
0: character. Yeah. I wish they made a WR we'll call it E, that was street legal. Mm. That's the one that I want. Right. It, you know, just like a you know, and and, and really like in the, the one of the only the only really uh issues with it, you're looking at like all the different bikes and stuff like it, is just the ability to get a really big gas tank. Is gotcha things. But anyways, yeah, that's uh I do mm. not I do not agree with him. I, I do not uh disagree with them. Cool i just come from the other side of the fence.
2: Yeah, I got gotcha.
0: you. I would buy an FX, and I'd be trying to make it into a WR.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'd, probably better way to go. I, that's what I would try to do, too. Now we're going to talk about the Cove, the Cove 450. Were the three Cove 450s that completed the Dakar Rally stock with just NAMI tires, or were they modified somewhat?
0: Oh, I bet <laughs> you they were modified somewhat.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it was a factory effort. They were probably not modified to quite make more powers. They were modified for durability that in, and I heard from guys, I I know a couple guys that do that. What are they? they, The Dakar rally. Yeah. I know some guys that do that. that. Heard of it. (laughs) That, That on the transfer sections, like the guys in the coves were riding so slow and so careful. Because they, you know, there's long transfers and they were just, the, the only goal of that team was to get those bikes across the finish line and they did it. They did it successfully. Hmm. They did it within the time limits and all this stuff like that. <laughs> but they were being real careful. So I guarantee that they were, them. yeah, that's a hard, that's a hard thing to do. And mm-hmm. from my experience with that Cove that we tested, that had a lot of miles on before we got it, when I drained the oil, because I look at this kind of stuff, I'm like, wow. that it. I've never seen a KTM or any other bike for that matter. Oil oil come out that clean after that many miles. Really? Yeah, no no metal, unless the magnet and the oil filter were somehow in their own little chambers where they didn't get any other oil, no. even though the oil came out, you know, it was a little bit dark, but not too bad. And there was a lot, there was a fair amount of oil in it. Hmm. It was a good bike. I, I I, have nothing but good things to say until- Where are they made?
2: Proven different. Uh, China. It. China, wow. Yeah, China. Okay. Enduro motor rad to Torin. Right. Yeah, sure. Thank you for your clear and precise review. I'd try it, but there is neither a German importer nor— Hold on. Read,
0: read that first part
2: again. Thank you for your clear and precise review. Oh, wow. I'd try it, but there is neither a German importer nor a Euro Homologation. Homologation. Damn it, homoglation. Yeah. Well, we eh, should we should eh. ban you from the show ah, now. There's a lose two woke points for that. <laughs> You'd have to <laughs> live in the U.S. or U.K. Well, you guys got crazy rules in Germany. What's up? There, Florida. It's all crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe there would be good news for Europe after the IECMA show Eichmann. in Milan. ICMa. Oh, I know. But I've heard about that. Not, not it's a,
0: hard to it's you'd never know that those letters meant that, but I've just heard it
2: so many times. Uh, you're, yeah, it's a motorcycle show, right? Yeah. yeah, in Milan next month. All the best, Gunther Nurburgring. Well, he's Gunter from Nurburg. Yeah, I threw in the ring because everybody knows. Yeah, about Nürburgring. Ring.
0: Hey, you know, you know the best thing. Let's rub it in his face. You know that the racetrack up here, Spring Mountain.
2: Yeah, got to be longer. Than
0: longer that. than Nürburgring. Ring. Yeah, yeah. Rock out. Like, what can you do in Pahrump? There's lots of things, including. Longest We've got, road race course yeah, in the got, world. Come on down, Gunther. Yeah, come on out to here. We'll ride some dirt Gunther bikes, too. Stein Just in. Hopefully he has like a really awesome car for riding the Nürburgring. Yeah. And then we can bring it out here and we can I do I think
2: some. they give you an Audi when you turn 18 in Nürburgring or yeah. whatever. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so th- th- they have,
0: and hey, America. <laughs> Land of the free, man. We we yeah. can could can still ride dirt bikes. Yeah, I mean, bro. Maybe not in California. And there's a couple other states got a little bit, you know, they're they're a little tight on that. Uh, they tighten it up. But that's...
2: Come on down, man. That's the Try cool America. thing. Yeah, we we can still uh, have in. some... Pay taxes, all that fun stuff. Good bikes. Yeah. Huh. Bitch about healthcare, care, whatever else you guys do. Victor okay. says we should
0: short bus the ignition.
2: <laughs>
0: you know, because we're all going to CAN bus ignitions. Oh, uh, CAN bus? You can, you can short bus it. <laughs> yeah. Next so dirt night.
2: bikes are going to canvas?
0: Uh, they, are they there? I think the new, I don't really understand. I think canvas, the new but... KTM's are kind of there. Yeah, I think they're getting close. The minute they go to they go to um, fly by wire throttles, then you're, yeah, you're, that's you're there. yeah, you're kind of. I mean, you can do it without it, but that's where you're at. And then yeah, yeah. And to meet some of the Euro five, um, which is kind of like California.
2: Yeah. Euro 5 and Cali, stuff.
0: They're all they're all tied in. So to meet some of those emission standards, there there's no other way to do it because if your wrist moves too fast, your bike is going to stall. So they have to control the butterfly valve to make sure that the fueling mixture is going to it be correct. Perfect, yeah. It's it's there's there's still kind of ways around it, but um
2: yeah, it's coming there. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. Next. Okay. Levonsky Balby probably blew <laughs> that one. Whiskey's working. Yeah. Public described to you two years, 12 days ago. What a 180 hours long haul. You fully rebuild it at 80? He's talking about a Jeff, a, a
0: Jeff YZ. That's the next question. He's talking about a, a YZ250 video he did, and he just asked a math question. Okay. 180 hours and rebuilt at 40 hours. And uh, At this point in the show, as you can kind of attest to, we don't need to be doing math.
2: We're drunk. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Speak for yeah. yourself. No. You short-poured me. You're not like George. No, yeah, I did short No over Thanks, George.
2: Take care of myself here. Hold
0: on a second. Uh, what is it? T- Cali- California, not California. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Simple Jack Enduro says, Hey, guys, I'm a big fan of recluse clutches on my bike, but I've always felt that they don't engage hard enough. Is the new 4.0 worth the upgrade over my modded Radius CX on a 250XC? So I don't know what you've done to mod your Radius CX, but there is definitely a different feel between those. The But on the 250 two-strokes, and I think that's what you're talking about with 250 XC, it's a huge improvement because the clutch spins slower and that, that roller allows it to engage harder and work better. And for sure, I have it on my 300 now. I did not have them on my... 300 because I wasn't happy and I could not get it to engage the way I wanted. So, Jack, I think that that, that they have worked on, on fixing that. Uh, and then there is there is ways you can tune it. I'm running a lighter spring, like always, than they recommend, which allows it to en- engage and bite a little bit harder as well as drag a little bit more. So, uh, yeah. Tell Recluse to uh, – they should come on as a
2: sponsor of the show. Yeah.
0: Next, okay. next Jeff question. Jeff Yeah
2: question for a rear tire on a ktm 500 exe used a light used as a light adventure bike with 50 50 on-road off-road with tubeless do you have a recommendation for bdi style rides i did 900 miles with a kenda dt hard direction with 50 percent asphalt at 70 plus mile per hour 27 psi on asphalt and 12 psi on dirt with a tubeless I may have made a mistake, is that tire should be inflated max at twenty psi from Kenna's website.
0: There's a lot of m-
2: tire pressure information, yeah, but he didn't add us, ask us. That guy's us to, got so much more energy than me. I don't change nothing. I he
0: think. didn't. He didn't. Uh, he didn't ask us to add the numbers up or anything or calculate the. No,
2: no. So we like him. We dig the guy. <laughs> Jeff's a good guy. <laughs> so Jeff, the 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 answer to that is. Well, did you have a problem? I, I, did you have a failure? Did it I, did it wear out? 900 miles? That seems like a long ass time on a tire to me. Uh, I get. So
0: I get like 1100, 1200 on a oh, I on have a no Parker. idea, but so when I'm doing dual sport stuff, that's my kind yeah. of that's my mileage. I run 12, 13, 14 when I when I have a tube in it. Oftentimes I run a moose. I typically run Nitro Moose. Um if I'm gonna do be doing higher speeds, it's a brand new one that's sized properly and it's tight and hard to get on. And to, to to, but to have the ability to go, you know, I kind of like when the when the moose is new. I don't want to go do like technical hard enduro or single track with it because mm-hmm. it's it's just a little bit too stiff. It it runs like it's like 15 pounds. Yeah, it's brand yeah, new. Yeah, no, I agree. After 200 miles, it's down to like. 14
2: 14 13, know, like 13 and them, a half
0: yeah. it, it gets good you know 600 miles in it's down to a nice 12 13 and it stays that way for about till about 800 miles i'm just roughing these numbers yeah 800 miles it goes down to like 11 and then when i'm doing the higher speed stuff it can heat up a little bit more and when i have good traction the you get the wallow we call it you know where we're where it, it feels like it's a tire mm-hmm. with a 10, 11 pounds in it. Yeah. And it, it doesn't... It's, not
2: a, it's an uneasy
0: feeling. I've never now liked
2: that feeling, but...
0: Now it's time to go trail riding.
2: Yeah, don't, exactly. Don't
0: go out and try to try to you know rip hard fire roads. I mean, you can trail ride and you just expect that it's going to move around. I wouldn't want to take it to a motocross track and kind of trust myself going up the face of a jump.
2: There you go, yeah. Yeah, you know, so... Yeah, yeah. I don't like that feeling, but it, yeah, it's I, part of it. So
0: yeah. I'm not really sure what the what the question is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if
2: he had a failure. or if he thinks he should have. But I feel like I'd be fine with 900 miles so, on a tire, but and,
0: and I I'm I'm not a big you're, fan of of tubeless in like dual sports slash adventure situations. I've had I've had some
2: kind of good at hard, hard enduro type of stuff. Yeah, so
0: it's do. really good at doing low pressures, but it seems like when you when you're doing especially when you're doing long mileage. And you're just that vibration that on the road, it seems like the, the tire actually loses pressure. You know, it somehow it like I would say like burps out or farts out or something oh, in yeah. in weird in weird ways that mm-hmm. you just wouldn't expect. But I've I haven't mm-hmm. done a test lately. Uh, but I had uh, on, on tubeless one and two. I think they're on version three right now. On one and two, I had some issues with it, so I just stopped using it for that.
2: alright
0: Okay. Next question.
2: Okay. Asher Petkovich yeah, question on my DRZ. I have a stock CV style carb, was jetted for SoCal low desert conditions, but now it is at three to four K feet in Idaho. When the temps drop to the high thirties, low fifties, the throttle doesn't snap back as quick, doesn't snap back as quick as the bike is running at temp or the ambient temperature increases. It has backfires and pops, deceleration too, or pops on decel too, and the bike barely wants to idle and dies quick, quick uh, cracks of throttles as temps drop to the near below freezing. What should I mess with? But I move back to SoCal, easy problem.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what it is. I'm kidding. You know what you know what you know what it is. <laughs> move back to SoCal, so you'd be like around <laughs> all the other guys that have the the CV carbs. <laughs> uh, it is, I, I like questions like this where I think I can kind of think outside the box and figure out what's going on. I'm yeah. wondering. I'm wondering if you you're a really wa- good carb guy. Man. I'm wondering if he washed it too much and somehow got some moisture in there, and those low temperatures and the high velocity is actually causing that water to sort of freeze the slide, because uh-huh. a CV carburetor has a butterfly valve in front of it, and oh, okay. and the slide the slide works independent it has a spring on it yeah. and the slide kind of goes based on the air velocity coming in. So I'm wondering if it, there might be a little bit of moisture inside of there and it's kind of freezing up and causing it to stick a little bit. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, there's coming. little things like that. I've, I've, I've heard of that before, but um, I, yeah, <laughs> quit, was- wa- quit washing your bike so damn much. Um, So squirt some, um, you know, get some WD-40 yeah. Would work as water to place water displacing, or yeah. you know, get some oil in there and see something that would help lube it up and something that would eliminate the water inside there, uh, or allow it to warm up and get warm. Really get the carburetor warm so that can kind of go out there and dry. I about it up. Buy
2: a new cable, pretty cheap thing to but, just but ride, the, eliminate the, some the, stuff off the, your list.
0: The slide is a, the slide is independent of the, the as long as the butterfly is returning on its own and okay. it's push pull. Understood.
2: Yeah, there's a lot I don't understand about this. Right. Yeah. So. so
0: so, and, and a big modification for the DRZs is to go to a more conventional type throttle. Okay. Although there was some kits, like I think uh, JD Jetting and DynoJet made some really good kits for those that worked, that were, that their <laughs> settings, their settings for the altitude and stuff were spot on. But it, it sounds like if the idle's hanging up and stuff, it's something a little bit different. Yeah. It's getting past your bedtime, bro. Oh, man. <laughs> it is. The show's running a little long, right, Logan? Uh,
4: yeah, It is.
2: Okay, right, everybody, to... everybody here is asleep except for me. Two more. Two more questions. Let's knock them We're out. We're going to knock it out. Dave Donnelly, suspension question, yes. Please explain the high-speed and low-speed compression settings. How do they interact, and what's a good baseline settings?
0: Dave's probably asleep, too, but I'm going to go ahead and do this for him because he's probably, if, if like you know, everybody else. You is can, this hard, Dave? This is Yeah, yeah eh. we know Dave. Yeah, remember the, he's the guy that had a Hoosaberg in a truck out in the desert when we rode by him in the school? He tried to sell it to me on the spot.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. No, not Dave Donatoni.
2: No, 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 no. I wasn't thinking of that one. Yeah, different
0: Dave. So, okay, so suspension tech. High-speed and low-speed compression. And the the worst thing that people do is think that high-speed and low-speed have to do with speed on the ground. Yeah, miles per hour. has nothing to do with that. It has to do with shock shaft speed. So low-speed means it's moving slowly. Like, imagine a roller. A bump that's a that's a roller. A high speed is when you hit a curb and it goes very quickly. Most people cannot really feel high speed compression sort of working. And in the grand scheme of things, it it doesn't really, I mean, it doesn't really do exactly what you think it does. I what most people think it does. But what it does do, and this is the way I like to tell people to think about it, think about it as like when you set your sag it sets your sag while you're in motion. So if you want your bike to ride a little bit lower in the rear, open up the high speed compression. If you want it to ride higher in the rear, close down the high speed compression. Okay. This is what I use it for mostly. But if if I notice that on the on the sharp hits, yeah, it's it's it's, it's moving too much and I want to stiffen the high speed compression, I will almost always it in combination with low speed. So I'll try to get rid of that feeling with the low speed first, then I'll go to high speed. I don't go straight to high speed. High speed is I would call it effective ride height. Like when you're riding it adjusts the it yeah, adjusts the ride. Thing. So so the, the difference is essentially that treat treat your high speed as effective ride height, not shock shaft speed stuff. Right. Low speed is kind of low speed damping is generally for comfort or I, I want to say like kind of hold up, but hold up when the high speed because you don't feel the high speed; it just does it. it just it's does. it's like when you when you, when you just want it, you know, not to when it's when it's riding too low in the stroke. You can use both of them, but low speed is the one you want to play with most of the time. High speed is sort of like my secondary um, go to. I tr- try to fix it with low speed, then go to high speed. So
2: one more yeah. question? Yep. Yeah. Barney Racing Hello Jimmy I'm a listener Of your Tech Talk Taco Tuesday And here you sponsor Plug for Taco Moto Do you have a discount For them? Question mark Thank you in advance For the good podcast So uh, No uh,
0: We do not have Discount codes Although we do have Discount codes For some of our sponsors But thanks for asking
3: Yeah
0: um, But Taco Moto Does Rooster Endo Which we didn't do tonight We went a Solid Whole night of questions Right Logan? Made the most boring Tech Talk Taco Tuesday ever? No,
2: we didn't do Rooster Endo, man.
0: No Rooster Endo. But Takamoto sponsors Rooster Endo, and the jackpot is getting big. I want to just get it really big so we actually get some good submissions. We could do a whole Rooster Endo show.
2: I I love Rooster Endo, too. I like like bagging on people's bikes, man bagging on people's bikes. I mean, <laughs> I mean telling them how awesome but they are. But I love watching, actually like, yeah, well, you know me, I, I spot people that I'm like, that bike is just like a workhorse and I like that too. So I
0: have, I have some friends that we, that, that, yeah, don't. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. It's just, I think, I think everybody, um, everybody learns. Hey, somebody from the, the town of Husqvarna. It's 6 a.m. here, but it's good night to y'all. Oh, he's huh. just getting up to go to work and he's checking out t- He's not even throwing down some some uh, Australian hate vibes. No, nah. it's, it's, it's all good. So uh, hey guys, I'm looking for some mapping advice on a 23 YZ250X. Send us send us an email. Is everybody else hearing our computer trying to blow up over there?
4: No, it's, uh, it's
0: telling us we have to quit.
4: No, Dave Donnelly.
0: Oh, it's sending tech messages and all this other stuff. Okay. Well, anyways, Jimmy, thanks for coming in.
2: Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for enjoying my it Jameson. James. Yeah. yeah. Jim <laughs> and, the, and, the, and, the, and the Addictivo. No, whatever that. I, I might That's be, fantastic. I don't I know the, steal. I don't steal stuff, but that I, might. That I don't
0: be. know that you can get that in the States, but I know I have a, connect, I know a guy. I'm actually going to take a picture of it when we're in yeah. here. Sounds good. Uh, Logan, good job.
4: Thanks for stealing my buttons. Yeah. They might life very easy. Yeah.
0: Ooh. 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 It's the best <laughs> show ever. <laughs> And TJ, thanks for coming in. Well, we'll, I'll do the tire changing uh, critique later, I guess. (laughs) So maybe I'll let you ride a Husaberg 650. But with that, everybody, uh, thanks for hanging out.
2: We'll see you out on the trail.
0: We'll see you on the trail right after we go to sleep. Cheers. Cheers. If you liked what you saw in this video, come check us out over at dirtbiketest.com on the webs. We have bike tests, product tests, a lot of fresh dirt, and you can even support us by clicking through our links hopefully we'll see you out in the trail